Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty okay. My apologies, by the way, for um, transposing the date of our conversation. Man, you, you're not supposed to tell them that. They're supposed to think that it, we, they had no idea, man. <laughs> no, I like to remind my audience that I am startling, startlingly incompetent when it comes to planning out anything for my uh, anything for my channel. I need to. They need to be reminded that I'm not a professional. I hear you. I hear you. Yep. Ah. Yeah, I hope uh, I, I I heard you were talking about drama on your page. I was following some of that. Uh, <laughs> it seems like no a nonstop offense. feature of the channel, unfortunately. It's it's a nonstop feature of the internet, my friend. That's kind of how it goes. I I kind of uh, you know I I had some similar drama, albeit not as like I don't think it was as controversial as what happened with you, I guess. But I made a video on. Uh, I mean, I think you know I do like TikTok videos and stuff. I don't know if I told you. Yeah, and I looked I up your channel, video, and I looked uh, at your stuff. Oh, well, thank you for that. Forget me a couple of views so I can uh, <laughs> pay part of my utilities. Um, so, uh, yeah, I did this video. It was, I was making fun of, like, white women. You know what I mean? Like, poking at white women. I did this white woman song. I was like, white women ruining everything for everybody else. Yeah. All the comments. People were flaming about it. You know what I mean? And then, I, so I made a video response where I was like, okay, guys, here's like the history of white feminism and its implications on like, you know, uh, women of color and people of color in general. They were still mad. And we're getting to the point, I feel like, where it's like, we got to be able to, uh, uh, ra racism and stuff like that and transphobia too in, in uh, the case of J.K. Rowling, you know, it, it doesn't matter like what, whose mouth it comes from. It's still transphobic and bigoted, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, it's we're a, afraid to look at it. Well, when people, uh, I think when people get mad about stuff like that, the last thing they're ever going to respond to after the fact is some kind of, uh, you know, detailed historical explanation for how their outrage is rooted in like, uh, you know, ill concern or something, you know, folks, uh, right. when they're mad, they're mad. Uh, they're looking for an apology most of the time. Sometimes not even that. Sometimes it's just, you know, they're mad. That's it, really. Right, right. Yeah, I think, like, uh, we've gotten into a place now where we're a little too comfortable with our, uh, at, at least in, well, I, I tell you the truth, I stay away from the online, uh, dis I, I used to be pretty black-pilled about leftism and stuff. Used to be? To, you, you mean yeah. you have a more positive opinion now than you used to? What on earth could have caused that? Uh, walking outside, my friend. I walk oh. outside and I realize that not everybody is, uh, as bad as they are on, uh, the internet. <laughs> Destructive <laughs> advice for my community right there. My God. Because, cause, man, I'll see... I, I know how it is. Like, I'll see, like, uh, when, when this whole Russia thing started, seeing people who are, like, buying into, like, the freaking Russian propaganda, I was like, this is horrible. And then I walk outside and I realize there's normal people out there in the world. You yeah, know? when you this, go on Twitter... Like when you go on Twitter, it feels like it's Red Dawn, like the Russian invasion succeeded not only in Ukraine, but in the American hearts and minds. And then you go outside exactly. and literally everyone everywhere supports Ukraine. It's like, oh, huh. right. it's, it's just the online left that's like that. Great. Yeah, that was my key to it. I have to I have to stay away from uh, cause it, it, it can be harmful basing it all online, too, I feel like, because 
I feel like the loudest, it's like they say the loudest voices, uh, like not necessarily the, there's like a silent majority in some instances. And like, if you look at like uh, online leftists versus like real world leftists, it's like real world leftists are doing like mutual aid and stuff like that. And then online leftists are talking about, I don't know, uh, slur discourse, <laughs> if that's like relevant right now. you know? Oh, I love slur discourse. Don't take that from me. It's my oh, favorite really? shit in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, for real though, I, I, I unironically think a lot of what's wrong with the online left actually is Russia. It seems like, um, a ton of the bad info that lefties online employ, like, can be cited almost directly by, like, RT sources and shit. And when you think about it, like, the way Russia uses, like, uh, online intel ops to try to soften yep. up other countries, like, it's like, oh god, they fucked us. Like, they may lose this war, but they fucked us for the next century. Leftism everywhere is, is fucked now because now now all the online avenues of of, of engagement are are like termifucked by these um by, by people who think that like su supporting putin's like fascist war is somehow necessary for the international proletariat it's like jesus christ well, this, ain't, this ain't the this ain't the first time i've seen this happening man you know what i mean like uh I, how, how familiar are, are you with the uh israeli palestine situation i don't like calling it a conflict because israel's you know the worst party in that instance but fair and pretty familiar <laughs> yeah like I, there was a time i remember where it's like there were a lot of there was like a lot of support from leftist types for groups like hamas and I'm like, Hamas, like, hurts Palestinian civilians, man. That's not a group you should... People are like, they're a resistance group. Uh, no, that I mean, they're not as bad as Israel is right now, but, like, they're, they're a right-wing group, you know? <laughs> no, I'll own up to this. As, as recently as, like, a year and a half ago, I felt this way because I was doing that, like, uh, brain-dead... You know, like the whatever evil to defeat the American aligned evil bullshit All or whatever. Right. But, America bad. America yeah, 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 bad, yeah. You know, I moved off that eventually, though, and. I, I think a lot of it was just me being kind of ignorant because it felt like all the people who were saying Hamas was bad were like obvious IDF shills and like American neocons. Yeah, right. So, right. So it's like, oh well, if they're the ones who don't like them, but like, no, actually, they're they're pretty bad. Yeah. See, see, that's the problem is, like, like I'm one of the only people who will tell you that, like, Hamas is bad who's not an IDF shill, you know? And then, <laughs> so it's like, how are you supposed to trust the information coming out of it when it's, you know? I honest, honest to God, like, I, ha like I, I, I do broadly, like, blame liberals for this a lot because it, yeah. it feels like nuanced analysis is so foreign to the way, like, we operate politically that... Like, even, even, like, libs or whatever, I don't know, like, you, you never get, like, a solid pro-Palestine people who aren't, like, full-on lefties or whatever. It's usually, like, you just get this, like, rah-rah, go-team sports attitude, and it's like, well, I have no fucking oh, idea who's right here. Like, I, I mean, you have to look everything up yourself, but often you're oh, just gonna man, come up yeah. against issues you don't know. No, I've been talking about this for a while, um, a lot in regards to, like, the systemic racism, uh, conversation, too, that, uh, I don't think a lot of white people are really doing enough when it comes to like the the way they talk about it and it just kind of feels to me more like the way that they bring up a lot of these issues is cuz they're looking for a seat at the cookout and not really to like do their job of being an ally. Um for con I I grew so I grew up like I come from like more of a working class background and with an accent like that I'm surprised. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And uh, explaining like white privilege to somebody who's who grew up like me, you know what I mean? Where I was homeless. I was doing like jail time, stuff like that. Explaining white privilege to me doesn't make sense if you're looking at it from your segregated ass like oh, sorry i don't mean to swear on your show but <laughs> i've done it a few times like, feel free to oh alrighty, alrighty. but like you segregated ass like upper middle class background you're not gonna understand like what white privilege and how how that manifests amongst like the working class and yet these white leftists will come on here and try to explain this in ways and for me i didn't understand it for years because the only way someone explained it to me was well, you got arrested, and other people get shot, and that's a privilege. And I couldn't really understand that, how that was a privilege, yeah, just I, because of the way they explained it to me, you know? I'm going to be real. <laughs> Framing systemic racism through, like, police shootings of black men, like, unarmed black men, was such a fuck-up. Um, because yep. they, because even though they happen way more in America than they do in other countries, like proportionally, and even though there is a real bias there, it's still something that happens infrequently enough. Like you track a couple hundred times a year, I think, or like up to a thousand or something. Yeah. Like this isn't a lived experience for every like white kid ever that you could just point to and go, ah, yeah, see, there it is. It's a real issue, but it's not like the most immediately politically expedient way of framing it i feel like the fact that the right. average like black household in like value is like 148 the average white household value is like a, probably a better way of right. immediately relating those concepts and not to mention like statistically uh, i can't remember the numbers off the top of my head but statistically like how hard it is to come out of poverty when you're in a white family versus a like black family or hispanic family yeah you know that's like that that's like insane, you know, and uh, like like I agree with you on that with the uh, police brutality thing is it's like there's uh, it's just so variable. Ah, like every like yeah. if, if, like you're talking to a poor white guy, like what if that poor white guy is a friend who like died of the police? Like you're never like that's just it's never going to run with them. Right. It's, it's it's meaningless to them. Um, and it's and it doesn't even explain like the the cause of those issues, which is like the income stuff and in, inequality, like you were saying. And you know, it's just it overall you just can't compare comparing like the two experiences is going to lead us to centering the experiences around white people when we're talking about racism you know it's it's, it's weak like from a um, systemic perspective as well because like it's a systemic issue but whether an individual cop like arrests or kills a black guy like a, a lot of that's just going to come down to that cop in his psychology and you look and he's got like 18 prior like write-ups right. within the department <laughs> and it's like well all, all of this is like layering past the abstraction on, in so many ways. I, I just feel like, and then the liberals make it worse because they don't talk about like class privilege. So like you go up to right. a poor white kid and it's like, okay, well you're privileged. And like the poor white kid is like, okay, well I know I'm right. not, and, but they don't bring up class. So it just feels like bullshit voodoo science. And you know. Exactly. And it honestly, dude, I don't even think most uh, liberals and I'll even say white leftists don't even think that like white people can be poor too in this country, which sounds bad. But, like, hear me out, it's like, the, if, if you don't address, like, the intersectionalities of, like, whiteness, then how are you supposed to, like, understand, like, racism and stuff like that? Because, man, like, working class white people are super racist. I used to work construction, and, like, the N-word was, like, a normal part of everybody's vocabulary on uh, the job site, man. Used as an article, like, it was, like, the third most used word. Right. And that's, that's like, a normal thing. Like, they, they don't have, like, uh, nobody's advocating for, like, gender-neutral bathrooms down in the hood, you know? That's not, like, it's not a normal thing. And it's it's because we don't, like, oh, we these conversations have, like, been, 
what is it like uh, geared towards like champagne uh, socialists for too long? And it's like not everybody can get on that level. Not everybody you, can go and look up. Oh, you, what was that? You meet people where they are, right? Like mm -hmm. if you like if you're talking to like a, a like a poor white guy who lives in like um yeah Appalachia or something like that, you know, um you, you're you're not gonna I probably mispronounced that I do every time in a new way. Um, but if if you're talking to them or whatever, like you 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 approach with an issue they get. If you're talking to um like rich white folks or whatever, you appreciate <laughs> if you if you were talking to like a black guy who lives in um I don't know uh like who lives in like a Beverly Hills mansion or something. There are like four of them. I know I've been there. But if you were talking to one and you were trying to explain intersectionality, would you start with like the class oppression of white people? Like you clearly you you go to where people have had experiences. You try to right. work with those, and then you bridge it out from there. Right, exactly. I, I will say, though, that to a certain extent, I do think some people are willfully ignorant nowadays because, like, we're, we're living in an age where uh, you, you got, like, all the uh, internet and stuff right at your fingertips. So when I look at stuff like with the these, like, anti-maskers and stuff like that, it's like... I know that it's hard to look at, like, a government document talking about systemic racism and stuff like that, but, like, you can you can look up information on the vaccines that's, like, worded in, like, so many different languages that's so clear for everybody, you know? It's like there's really no excuse to be ignorant in the age that we're living in. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I guess it's just, like, the validity of that info to them, right? The same reason that right. I wasn't listening to, like, IDF shills about Hamas. They probably aren't going to trust the CDC about anything regarding like masks or vaccines or whatever else. And right. like, you can have all the info in the world. I mean, sometimes you get those like fundamental, like anti epistemic types where it's basically impossible to convey anything to them because they'll always fall back to some other justification like God or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I think people who are otherwise sometimes persuadable through good reason, you just they feel like they have no reason to ever like give ground to those sources those issues right it's it's all it's all it's all the jews man <laughs> yeah well hey that's the common scapegoat ain't it and QAnon has gone basically right. right back there with the blood libel shit so i mean we're we're basically right back to the fucking starting point uh of exactly. like two like three thousand years of european conspiracy so yeah right yeah, my family's Jewish. I was, I was, I, I was seeing them uh, this week. I'm, I was wondering where, like, I could get my uh, CNN connects or anything like that. We don't, we, I don't know where to find it. Is there like a sign up, guys? If you guys know, drop it in the chat. If there's yeah. a sign up for uh, Jewish Jewish people getting on uh, CNN and stuff. I uh, I, I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. I'll hook you up, okay? You listen, okay? Oh, this there is you go. this is your real birthright. We'll um we'll get you that power. Yeah, the real birthright. <laughs> The, the yeah the actual birthright trip is to the uh, skull and bones club uh, yeah. uh you know the israel one's just for pr yeah exactly oh man i keep seeing them they they have like birthright ads on uh tiktok they're trying to get these kids on and they turn off the comments you know oh god i fuck yeah they better <laughs> jesus yeah no but zoomers oh, so zoomers funny. hate israel yeah I remember watching, uh, what was it, uh, like, on YouTube, they had, like, a Birthright YouTube channel, and it was, like, all these, like, fun, it was, like, a Jewish parody of, like, Dynamite by, uh, Tayo Cruz or whatever, we go and <laughs> light this menorah, like, it's Hanukkah, and it's funded by, uh, fascism, like, unbelievable, and I had no, nine-year-old me had no idea.
Yeah, every every note watching. every note sung by like the uh, slaves taken from the children of Gaza. You know, like uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> production value from from jewelry we we stole from their widows. You know, it's like yeah, it's 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 really dark shit. You know, and and it's it's impossible yeah. to talk about this too because like on one hand it you, it's like it's like it being in a vice because like on one hand Israel does some really bad shit and on the other hand like there is never in like the past at least 80 years been a worse time in America to make a fuss about anything that could be considered anti-Semitism, what with QAnon and everything. Like, I feel like there right. are so many bad actors who want to jump onto that. So it's like, fuck, well, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. I, I, I think it's tough for a lot of, uh, at, my, at my synagogue actually, they had, um, they have a lot of, they have some conversations about the whole Palestine thing, which I don't think a lot of Jews are, as willing to have as much as you'd think. And, uh, you know, it, I think what it comes down to is for me personally, I have to avoid any Americans who say free Palestine because I can't trust you to not be um, secretly an anti-Semite, you know? And yeah. so I just kind of focus on what, uh, you know, the Palestinian civilians want out of their movement as opposed to what, like, some Americans who don't understand foreign policy are going to say about it because at the end of the day, it's like, I'm contributing a lot more by donating to the Red Cross over there and stuff like that than, uh, you know, just listening to uh, some online lefties shill for Hamas or the IDF, whichever one they want to pick, you know? Yeah, it's especially since uh, the the weird... The, the thing that really gets me too, okay? The thing that really activates my almonds is when um, is when people on the online left talk about the Israel lobby, okay? Because they don't seem to understand at all. The Israel lobby in America is just the neocon lobby with a coat of paint. Israel doesn't control right. anything in America. America controls Israel. They're the world's largest and most expensive U.S. military base. The reason they exist is because we want them to. They're our geopolitical puppet. Like, the idea that Israel is calling the shots in America is ridiculous right. but but, right. but yeah but but the lefties you know it's like the israel lobby well what the fuck do you like this country the tiny country in the middle east is like puppeting the u.s how what what resources are they giving us like nothing think, it's just made they, up yeah i don't think they even understand what israel like actually was back in the day is the, the way i call it is it's like jewish australia right where it's like they just kind of <laughs> i'm sorry they, they just kind of no it's true yeah no no it's, it's funny, just right? yeah they, they just kind of dumped, like, all the, like, refugees from uh, the uh, Holocaust in Israel, you know, and didn't have any, like, the, and, like, a lot of these people, man, like, they didn't necessarily want to be there. They just, like, wanted to not be, uh, you know, persecuted. So they, they, yeah, they, they did said, it because okay, we'll get dumped. The there, Western you know? powers didn't want to accept Jewish refugees. They were like, fuck, we got to put these guys somewhere. We don't want Jews in our country. Like, okay. Right. So they made Jewish Australia. They they put a bunch of like people with a bunch of the indigenous people and take their land. You know. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's uh, it's not good. Uh, it's it's not good actually. It's quite bad. Uh, right. The whole situation. Sheesh. I I don't think it's a situation that's ever gonna really uh. We ever gonna really find a good solution to it? Because I, I can't even agree with a two state solution. To tell you the truth, because to me, um, acting like Ashkenazi Jews are like indigenous to Israel is acting like me, who's my great grandfather was uh, Russian. If I just went to Russia and just decided to call it Stixy Land, you know, all of a sudden and said, "Hey guys, this is my uh, Stixy Land," you know, I support just, you. It, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Russia's doing the same thing, so I guess two can play at that game, Putin. Yeah, no, uh, nope. What what are you like, uh, Michelle Obama? You don't go high. We're going low, okay? We're every right. every leftist just form breakaway anarchist regions of of the your imperialist powers that you live in. Exactly, exactly. God, I'll start a I'll start a sixty land. Uh, that's my way of getting back at them for uh, beating me on uh, multiplayer games that I can't uh, that are too old for <laughs> any like, Americans to be playing. Yeah, you Dota Two, Counter Strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're, we're gonna fucking show. Like it's always like the Russian dudes who come on and just like cream you. <laughs> yeah, it's they live they in really Russia. Video games. They're in Russia. <laughs> what the fuck else are they gonna do with their lives but get really like right. obsessively good with a video game? Like Jesus Christ, right. give them this at least. Right. I'm, I, I start thinking I'm good at Bloodborne today when I'm, like, beating these uh, Chalice Dungeon bosses. Then I go on YouTube, see, like, some Russian guy going, Hey, guys, today we're doing uh, Bloodborne with uh, only a pistol. Okay, so I will show you how. <laughs> I, yes, uh, nothing but slight damage you do when you fall from higher surface onto their head. Six damage per yeah, land, right. 100 <laughs> shots to kill Bird Dog. Let us go. Uh, 32 <laughs> minutes to beat the game. Orphan of Cause destroyed in 37 seconds no no platforms even to fall off there they just do it oh man <laughs> bleatborn <That's> something <laughs> bleatborn yeah right uh yeah i've been wanting to make my new character uh what is it like i want him to look like rasputin you know what i mean uh-huh wait you're like playing Rasp bloodborne oh yeah i played bloodborne but in in march of 2022 is there anything else on your on your to playlist uh, you know what? My girlfriend wants me to play Elden Ring with her, but I told her, like, it's it's a really hard game, babe, you know, and I, I played through some of it, and it looks pretty easy. And I we have Elden Ring, but she's all like, yeah, I want to learn, but I'm just, she's so busy, because she, she's a, she's the store manager at a Hot Topic, so we're, uh, we're, uh, so we're robber barons, oh, essentially, you return know? to can't... tradition. Right, exactly. Uh... Yeah, I, I get that. When you make it a group project, you you quadruple the playthrough time. Uh, it is it is a very fun game. I really like it. Yeah, I was I was seeing you were doing a charity stream for that um, uh, for uh, with the, for Ukraine. I remember uh, it looked pretty neat. I want to try it. It's just I get I get so fixated on a game when I'm playing it, and I I just picked up Bloodborne because it was in my library, but I I didn't understand how to play the game, so I just like kind of put it down and then. I picked it back up and then fell in love, but it's, uh, you know, it's just kind of, uh... Not approaching your it's, pace. One of the things that makes these games really good is that they're basically timeless. Um, yeah. They, like, you could, like, you could pick up Elden Ring a decade from now, and I think it's gonna be just as good as it is to play right now for me. Um, right. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, these, these games just, um, they feel like hallmarks, basically. Like, they, they, they like, mark time periods uh, that anyone can return to. Right, exactly. I'm trying to think on something we disagree with, Vosh. This is this, this uh -oh. is proving to be very hard for me. <laughs> well, we could always I keep can't. agreeing in a in a in a comedic fashion. Um, yeah, that's my true. audience doesn't get much of that. Really, no, no. Like, 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 really though. I I do appreciate you. Um, I do appreciate you hopping on. And in terms of like, okay, you said drama. Now you know. I've, yeah. I've dealt with a good bit of it. I want to know what have what have you been through. Like what? What ringer have you Ooh. been strung through? Give me your because you gave me one with the white women, but uh, hit me up. I want to know. Yeah, quite a few. Um, well, actually, I'll, I'll name the biggest one. This is the most controversial. So, me and my girlfriend, right? We have like a pretty big age gap. Um, I'm 25, she's 19, right? 
Uh oh. And like that was like a big uh, concern for a lot of people, you know, because like they didn't know my girlfriend or anything, and so like it was like a lot. There was like a lot of uh, uh, debate around that for a while, and it uh -huh. was like traumatizing for me and my girlfriend because they were they were like going on and on about how uh, you know like she's like. They were making. They they started like just lying about her age and everything, and it was right. Like of course, because it's it starts nineteen and then it's seventeen because that's the next lowest yeah, odd number, and then yeah. and then it's a minor, and then a minor becomes fourteen, and and right. you know eventually you're womb robbing. Uh, the uh, yeah, I know how online like, discourse. That sort works. of thing, right? And with that sort of thing, it's like I I understand like being concerned about a relationship with an age gap, like guys, because we got a big age gap. Don't get me wrong, but it's like. You know, I, I just think at a certain point, it's like you have to understand that, like, when our entire family and friend group doesn't really mind it, and there's, like, uh, what is it? Um, like, she, she's got, like, an associate's degree and works as a manager at her age. It's like, she's she's not exactly, like, a little kid we're talking about here, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I think, uh, I think for stuff yeah. like that, like, in, in terms of stuff like that, like, it's, um... Personally, I'm I'm older than you, I'm 28, but when I when I see her talk to 19 year olds, like on Tinder, for example, you know, I've hooked up with uh, 20 year olds, I guess, and like I, right. like, you know, I I won't I won't sit here and hoity toit about how that's beneath me because it sure as shit ain't. Oftentimes they come across kind of I don't know, 20 years old, so I don't know how long I can hold a convo with them. I guess it's just right. one of those things where it's like it's in it's indicative, maybe like it's it's something to be to look at. But I don't think it's essentialist. Like, you know, it's it's you can have a relationship like that where like things are fine, I guess. And the problem with the internet is that you're never gonna have a good convo about that. Like, you could you can never sit your followers down and go like, all right, so here's like every exacting detail of our relationship. Now please assess how like healthy it is. Like, that'll never right. fucking happen. So it's it's basically like a lose lose in terms of discourse. Right. Yeah. And and to be honest, man, like some of the ways. I have a lot of gripes with uh, the third wave of feminism. A lot of it comes from I feel like there's a lot of like turfs and uh, um, th there's a lot of like nationalists in disguise as like feminists. Um, and we see that with like turfs and stuff like that and white feminists. And it's like when I hear one thing I don't hear people talking about a lot is like a lot of people are really anti sex work nowadays. Uh -huh. And it just makes me upset because it's like I have uh, so many friends who like work in the industry who didn't really have like, you know, um, a choice to do anything else because it's like you got women who are like supporting their children, you know, it's like, of course, they're going to like want to make the most money that they can. And it's like, uh, you know, it, it, it just it just makes me upset whenever I see these uh, like sex work exclusionary feminists and stuff because it's like there's uh Y'all not remember back in the day when they put women in like the freaking uh, institutions for uh, hysteria because they want, God forbid, they want to like sleep with a man. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, they would um, legit like there are some crazy laws on the book um, that you could like y you go back a little while and like it's not just adultery or shit. I think that like um, wearing like you, like the police could arrest you in some places in America for not wearing enough gender appropriate clothing. Um, right or like women women would be locked up oh what was that story where the um 
that it was it was on it was on Reddit. It was like people were really mad about it because well they should be you know it was like a woman lost her child and there was like a big public outcry and it was like the New York City Police Department really wanted to solve the case but they couldn't find the kid so they found another kid gave it to the mom uh to to get like the headlines. Uh, the mom was like, wait, this isn't my son. And then the kid had her locked up in a mental institution uh, for speaking out against them where she stayed for a long Jesus time. Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, that's and and so it's like when I hear when I hear like any sort of like restrictions being imposed on womanhood for me, it just kind of puts a sour taste in my mouth because I'm just like, how far back are we going to go? You know what I mean? Before it's just like fascism. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, I'm super sex work positive. I think a lot of this is like holdover second wave feminism shit. Because this right. is like, I don't know. I mean, like being real, I honest to God think that a lot of these, these like, especially like the Zoomers that are like this, you know? Because you're on TikTok, I bet, I get So you get a yeah. lot of that. I think a lot of them basically are just like stupid catty bitches, but they know enough feminist lingo that it's not, they're, they don't want right. to call someone like a slut, you know? Like, they're not mean girls. Right. Instead, they're appropriating the male gaze for self-gratification to the detriment yeah. of feminism. Yeah, right. And it's, like, and it's like, okay, but you, you, you think that she's a dirty whore. Like, just say say what you think, right? And same, same with a lot of the turf shit, right? Like, a ton of the turf shit is just repurposed... Um, like a second wave feminist uh, misandry, because a lot of the theorists back then uh, thought that the um, not all of them, but a lot of them, they thought that the uh, the fundamental problems between men and women were down to some kind of essentialist, violent nature on the part of men, a biological thing. So right. if you think it's down to biology, like you know, you're probably not going to be as amicable to trans rights when they come around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, and that's it's not great. Yeah, and that's kind of where like I I, I get like really uh, critical of like that like the minor feminist moment is just how much like I, there's just not enough people like regulating it you know what i mean and then it's like so we got to have like some people like stepping up and saying like hey guys you know this is wrong because i it, i don't think there's enough you know i don't think there's enough when it's like so many people can sneak in their little like fashy viewpoints under the guise of feminism like that's that's not good you know well, i mean people fucking love using um social justice terminology as a way of uh of like reiterating reactionary talking points, right? I mean, take a look at the Ukraine shit, right? It's not like yeah. it's not like all the lefties who are defending Russia are going like, yes, blood and soil Russian Empire. They're going like, you know, we must defend we we, we must prevent American and NATO overreach from, you know, uh right. you know, crushing Russian uh hegemonic identity or some whatever whatever bullshit they want to throw out that week, you know. Just any time there's like the more woke sounding thing. Even racists do this. Like full out racists now. Like full yep. on. They don't they don't say like haha black people are worse, you know? They cry and they whine about how like white identity is being crushed by critical race theory or whatever and like oppressive right. social institutions or it's like everything now. We can't escape it. Right. Have you have you been I don't know if you how much you go on TikTok. Have you seen the uh drama between a couple creators uh Chelsea and uh Lance? Nah, feel the me. The guy's in. named uh Modern Warrior. Yeah, so this kid um you know, he, he like he cheats on this girl, right? After she told him not to. Mm -hmm. Uh he's like an indigenous creator, right? Uh-huh. He's like an indigenous creator. And he, he's like he's so I he's kind of a dick, you know what I mean? Like you don't don't go cheat on your wives, guys. Or your girlfriends or whatever. I'm not sure what they were, but don't go cheating. But it's like this girl straight up doxes the guy. Oh. After like um 
you know, claiming that it was like assault when it like, it wasn't, it was cheating, you know? And there was some other like uh, black creators who went to speak on it and they had their uh, criminal records doxxed online, you know what I mean? And it's Jesus like, Christ. Leave it to white fucking leftists to pull out like the freaking racism card uh, whenever they don't like what a person of color is saying. No, I, yeah, the, the, what, okay, I know it's like an overplayed point, but white feminists, just broadly, you know? Um, yeah. There are so many white women that will, like, interpret any kind of personal harm done to them as a categorical offense to all womankind, which can be responded to with literally any behavior. That West Absolutely. Elm Caleb shit, for example, was insane. Like, literally, a bunch of these fucking, like, like mid twenties white women. I don't know if they were all white. I should just say women. Whatever. Let's just say when New Yorkers, you know, um, right. who, apparently to them, being ghosted is some kind of objective categorical harm that needs to be oh, repaid man. in blood. And all these commenters, like you see, these tens of thousands of like in these responses on how like this is an affront to all women because this guy ghosted some chicks or whatever. Which like fuck you. We live in America. That's a god given right. Okay. Right. If you don't like don't, it. Fuck I off. Go live in commie is, Russia, okay? Right. I think I think ghosting is a healthy part of uh, some, like, how do you know that, like, the women's not, uh, how do you know that, like, she wasn't, like, doing something that warned, like, uh, ghosting? You yeah, know like, what I mean? In his case, he was being, like, a like a jerk or whatever, but, like, broadly, like, if your category is we get to go over anyone, we get to, like, go after anyone who ghosts, like, first of all, you would never do that shit to a woman. When women ghost men, every excuse is played out. Like, oh, maybe she felt unsafe. Oh, maybe she did. Well, yeah, maybe right. she did. But, like, you only care about it when it's not... Yeah, yeah, Anyway, just... And my it's... thing is, is, like, does it even matter if, like, it's about unsafe? It's, like, you shouldn't have to, like, give your... Nobody should have to... If you go on one date with someone, you shouldn't have to... Uh, what's it called? Uh have that level of communication with somebody i really don't like you i don't want to talk to you again that's not it's just <laughs> rude like that's what it is it's yeah. rude it's not even abusive because abusive usually like entails some kind of ongoing relationship where you manipulate or hurt that person through the context of your relationship ghosting right. is just ghosting it's 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 one date it's not like it's not like you're a, a father and you left to get cigarettes like yep. jesus you know yeah yeah to, to be fair i've seen some there are some guys out there who will ghost after like a few dates and after like this is the problem with a lot of men is that they i'm gonna go on a little rant vosh about men all right yeah kill me a lot of men they, they feel like they have the way that like you get girls is like they, they listen to too much of like these like uh, guys like Ben Shapiro or whoever like the new like incel tuber is now. Mm -hmm. They think that you got to like treat these women like garbage and stuff and that they'll love you for it. It doesn't work, fellas. I'm telling you this. You're 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 not becoming an alpha male. You're just becoming like a very grouchy beta male is what you're doing. <laughs> you're just hurting yourself in the process of trying to be an alpha male cuz like here's the thing man is like I've, I've slept with like over a hundred women in my life. Thanks. I don't like do the whole thing where I go and like say, uh, oh yeah, I really, I don't like play with her feelings and nothing. You know what I mean? And try to seem like I'm looking for a relationship when I'm not. You don't have to do this shit. And I don't get so why so many guys think they got to do this if they want to just get laid. It's like, you don't have to do that, man. There's plenty of women who like having sex. I think they, they just, they over, a lot of them, I mean, they, well, they don't want that, right? Like, they don't like that, I guess. Like, they, they, I think they like the idea of having to trick the chick into sex because then it's like, she's right. not a slut. So then it's like, okay, it's like a conquest rather than acceding to her personal wishes. But like, 
yeah, I don't know. There, what's, there are guys. What's wrong with being a slut? I'm a slut. Yeah, well, listen. Okay, I'm yeah. not impugning. Yeah, I, uh, uh, it's. It, I feel like um, they, they just they have all these little tactics. Like they're always thinking about it. You know, it's like they don't just like they don't just talk to anyone. They're 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 sitting there thinking like, okay, now if I don't respond for right. 48 hours, that'll give her enough time to think that she's not worth anything. Then I respond, filling the void in her heart. It's like, well, f f stop, <laughs> just. Oh man. Um, you're you're really cucking yourself out here. Me and, me and my girlfriend, right? We're both uh, autistic, and uh, we 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 joke about how like strange our relationship must look to like uh, like neurotypical type people. Because our first conversations, no joke, it's like three days into talking, I text her like, uh, "So, if a guy was into you hypothetically, how would he be able to tell?" <laughs> and how's that work? It, it we're, we're going on uh what is it like uh, i think six months on uh we had on the 22nd we got two damn anniversaries is the problem of like when we became a couple and when we uh what is it uh first had a first discord date so yeah it's confusing but like uh what is it like uh, yeah, discord no, like, your 19 year old girlfriend you got off discord yeah, i see yeah, right? <laughs> the, the context it's it, it it adds up oh it adds up right yeah, no, that's we're we're e daters. It, it was so funny. We we met over uh, like TikTok and stuff, and um, that that was our first Discord date. It was watching Hell's Moving Castle, but being being oh, autistic, nice. we it was more of like uh, talking for eight hours and then turning on the movie and then pausing it again to talk about something. You know, uh huh. This is a that's good cute. time, right? Yeah, it was a good time. But fellas, I'm telling you, man, like you don't have to be an asshole to women to get them to like you, man. Like you, you can be nice to women, and they're gonna uh, it, it, look at my my girlfriend's a babe, and I'm nice to her. You can you can make it happen for yourself. Yeah, the only um, the I'm I am also autistic. The only tactic that I use when I'm like meeting people on Tinder or whatever is that I act a little extra autistic to them at the beginning. You know, just like that little extra spice. Because right. if that's enough to make them not interested, then I don't want to talk to them anyway. You know. I don't want yeah, I don't exactly. want them to be on the on the brink of wanting to talk to me. I want them to want to talk to me. So a little bit of tactical autism, you know, gives them the right. you know, like that extra excuse at the beginning to not. But then after that, you know, it's it's smooth sailing. And it's so far right. it's worked out pretty well. That's 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 all you got to do, you know. I think uh yeah, I think a lot of these uh it really grosses me out a lot of these like incel uh, YouTubers and stuff like that because it's I'd honestly almost as a grooming victim myself I'd almost compare it to uh, grooming what they're doing to these young boys. Oh, for sure. Know? No, yeah, one hundred percent agree. Totally. It's just totally unfair to them to be growing up feeling like they have to. Uh, what is it? Um, like, like. Because because what they're teaching them right is this like manufactured confidence. It's not it's not like real confidence that you have, you know, where it's like you feel good about yourself, and therefore like you surround yourself with people who appreciate that side of you. It's like they want you to like put on a front of being this like confident person because you don't want to come off as weak, and then it's like it it becomes just this uh, like people aren't learning to like develop into anything, but like. Uh, this sounds like stupid, but like uh, they they learn to develop into stuff that's just kind of made for the female, this imaginary female gaze that these guys have. You know what I mean? The the fake ladies who are like, uh, you know, who 
who who only bend to the strong and are utterly worthless like an internal moral sense but are also like the gatekeepers of yeah like this this imaginary woman right basically. yeah and, it, and it's just sad to me because it's like a lot of these uh guys you know it's like they uh you, you know, it's like you do you do some time to like focus. I was actually celibate for a year, truth be told, when I got sober, and uh, it changed a lot of how I looked at things. Cause like I, I stopped like manufacturing this kind of confidence, like a lot of people taught me when I was growing up, and I found like some true confidence, and I just feel better about myself, you know. And I I hate that these younger kids, cause. I mean, back when we were a kid, you know, we didn't have, like, incel forums that you could go and look Thank in. Thank God. Like, yeah, Jesus. It's um, like these kids, like, aren't growing out of, they're not growing out of puberty because, like, there's people telling them this is not puberty that's to blame for you not getting laid. It's feminism. It's, it's the feminist. Yeah, my, the reason yeah, you're not my brother laid. in Christ, you're 14 years old, okay? Just be patient. Pussy will come. Like, right. Be, <laughs> like, you're, don't, like you see these people who are like borderline suicidally depressed on Twitter because they're like, you know, I'm in sophomore year of high school and all my friends are having You're a fucking child. Stop. Like, right. Jesus. Like, when I, listen, okay, the internet was around when I was in high school. Like, you know, maybe not the way it is today, but like back then, like, what I thought about, like, hey, I'm not getting laid like I want to. Like, okay, you know, oh, that sucks a little bit. I will eventually. Like, that was the, that was, I, I right. think that was, like, the default mentality was just this kind of, you know, tepid optimism. But nowadays, like, so many people are just, like, suicidally depressed over it, over nothing. Right. See, that was back when, like, when, what, like, when I was a little kid, I could, wa I, I was watching, like, Lacey Green on YouTube, because that's the people we gave a platform on YouTube, was people like Lacey Green, not, like, these freaking, uh, like, degenerate freaking incel tubers, you know? Um, Lacey <laughs> Green had a wild fucking career arc, I have to say. Uh, I, I, I stopped paying attention after she said she got, like, red-pilled or something, and I was like, what is this supposed to mean, Lacey? That's a wild career arc, yeah. <laughs> what uh, is this supposed to mean? I think it ended up meaning a couple of things for her in the long run. I have no idea what she's doing these days. I think, yeah. um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess at the end of it, like, a lot of them just view, like, courting women as an adversarial kind of thing. When... Because they can't... They can't accept women as equals, right? And if it's if they're right. if they're equals, then you have shared goals and values for the most part. And if you have shared goals and values, then it's a cooperative thing. Like, you know, you right. and the lady both want... To, to communicate, to work together, to help you both arrive at whatever relationship state makes you happiest. That's nice. But, um, right. but yeah, but if it's an adversarial thing, then you have to, like, compete with the woman's feral, uh, biological, hi hypergamous, like, brain to, you know, and it's just, it just, it just, it doesn't work. These people aren't happy. Right. And it's like, man, look, like, what is, like, that, like, why crawl, like, here's the, here's the thing I don't get, it's like, they, they blame a lot of, like, uh, you know, they, they, they'll they call feminism, like, degeneracy and stuff like that and say that it's, like, ruining our society or whatever. But it's, like, here's the thing. In, in what world are you living in where it's, like, having that, like, extra Y chromosome uh, makes you, like, have any sort of advantage in our society nowadays? You know, like, there's, there's literally no advantage to the, the Oh, patriarchy. don't get them started. They have, oh, they, they can list advantages for years if they need to. They've, they've thought up of... In, in fact, if you think about it hard enough and, you know, very selectively frame all of human history, uh, women are the most privileged group to have ever existed. Right, right.
But it's like even then, it's like the every single example I see them pull has to do with like old hunter gatherer societies. You know, like that's the way things were, and it's like that, that's not the way things are now. Like what's stopping like what's stopping like a woman from being a lawyer versus a man? You know what I mean? What, I just, what's stopping that I, biologically? Because, well, they think about <laughs> sex all the time, like constantly. And as a product oh, of yeah, that, the, the like the female privilege is all about being able to get laid easier, which, yeah. I'm, I'm sure like watching that uh, 70 year old judge stroke that gavel is just going to make it hard for them to focus if they're like trying to win a case. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd, exactly. It'd be disastrous. Always on it'd the be mind. disastrous for uh, a rich white kid who uh, got a DUI and needs a good defense lawyer, you know? Yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. I just think they project it all into that. Because if you want to, like, they, they do this thing. It's like, well, any woman, any ugly lady can get laid if she if she goes to a bar and just puts her leg up on the table. And, you know, not really. But, like, let's no, say that was yeah. even true. Would that be good for her? Like, w would that would that be fun? Like, or is there a reason? It, what's, oh, what's that tweet that I saw ages ago? It's a really good one. It was like, um... It's like women, women complain, like women complaining about being single when I'm here is like saying there's no food to eat when there's a perfectly good hot dog outside on the ground. It's like it's, it's, if, if you frame this with no consideration for what would actually like be desirable, then sure. Yeah, you know. I'm going to go eat a hot dog on the side of the ground. That, that makes sense. Look, OK, extra seasoning. Honest to God. That's true. Authentic New York flavor. Um. Is, yeah. that, is that how they season it in New York? That sounds like a New York thing. It's, uh, listen, I don't know. It does seem like a thing they would do, and then, like, bougie New York lawyers would tell everyone who doesn't live in New York they have to try it, and then you go and look right. at where they're getting it from, and it's a boutique where the hot dog costs $28, and the dirt is, right. like, actually paprika or some shit, you know? Right. I'm going to tell you all some uh, trade secrets, right, as a Bostonian that... uh New York doesn't even have the best pizza. They don't even have that going for them. I thought that that was, like, the only thing that we had going against us was, like, uh, the pizza wasn't as good. Not true. You go to, uh, what is it, uh, Reno, Rena's on Hanover Street. You got, like, the best goddamn cheese. Have, 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 Vosh, have you ever been to New York? Um, No, I've not been to New York. It, it's the worst fucking city, I'm telling you. Yeah? So, is that true? Let me get this right. So, like... It's like 40, it was like 40 degrees out um, the other day, you know what I mean? And it was like pretty cold. I was walking around, it's like pretty cold. I was wearing like, I think two layers, like my suit jacket and my uh, uh, button up because I was taking my uh, family to the museum. Uh -huh. um, you go to New York on a 40 degree weather day, the buildings are too fucking high because they want to keep building apartments that nobody's going to fucking live in. And so, and so the thing's a freaking wind tunnel. It's a goddamn wind tunnel. Uh, yeah, you're, uh, it's just um, a natural crowdsourced, um, you know, wind tunnel experiment. You're just, yeah, you're just part of the process, you know? I call, it, I call it Satan's asshole. You know, it's like <laughs> Satan's blowing farts at everybody all winter. Sucks. Yeah, it's, um, look, I, we don't have anything quite like that. Uh, L.A. is a is a roasting hellhole, you know, um, for a little yeah. bit every year, of course. In Seattle, it hit 108 uh, during the summer last year, and everything in Seattle is like a townhouse with no A.C. because back when the city right. was built, the idea of a 108 day in Seattle was like a joke. So we just all just died a little bit, I guess. Um, we lost like a billion fish, too. I think actually a billion. Like, that was actually the number they reported. 
So yep. we, that's what we have. Okay, we're all we're all trying. What we need to do is is even it out. Okay, I'll take your forty degree days and make them fifty. Okay, and you can tune down my hot days. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Do the whole uh, like Stalin and uh, Hitler meeting during a uh, World War Two kind of deal. You know, let <laughs> the West Coast yeah. and the East Coast a com joint armed forces uh, meet uh, right in Nebraska, shake hands and exchange weathers. Exactly. Exactly. Colorized. <laughs> yeah no it's uh yeah boston it's like there, there's some uh i i think there's like a lot of privilege you get from living in a city especially a city like boston honestly that i don't think a lot of people realize because like if you're living in like the the deep south right it's like you don't have access to health care as easily as we do uh you don't have that you, you don't have like a public transit system like these kids growing up in the hood right like mm -hmm. down in like mattapan in my city, you know, Murdapan, we call it. You can like take a train up and go to like the Boston Public Library. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got that privilege. It, it costs two two bucks to go on a train, go up to the Boston Public Library, get away from like your environment. People don't have the same shit in uh, some place like Ohio, where there's like a really bad opioid epidemic. Yeah, and it's like the, these kids don't uh, they don't they don't get out of the house, you know. So it's like how are they supposed to uh, like, you know. Uh, stay out of trouble when it's like they're uh they got no way to get out of trouble you know what i mean yeah you can um one of the one of the most fun and i'm using fun very loosely here one of the most fun things you can do is uh look up cities in the u.s that have the worst uh, opioid epidemic death rates and then go and look at their urban planning and just watch as these strodes stretch out for miles in every direction. Just these bland, like, semi-suburban towns that look like it was right. a, like a highway off-ramp, like, gas stop that overgrew, until, oh, like, with no, like, central... Like, you can so clearly tell with so many of these Midwest cities, like, no fucking wonder they have nothing to do. There is nothing for the people here, you know? Um, well, you've, you, you've yeah. read about how they got uh, fucked over by uh, Wall Street pretty much, right? Oh, uh, I, I I don't know who hasn't, but yeah, you mean like just uh, yeah. like the Midwest broadly? Yeah, I watched the whole documentary on Ohio specifically, where it's like these guys were uh, what is it? Um, they they had like a whole factory that got shut down in this like booming city in Ohio that just became dead because people didn't want to uh, invest in it anymore. They wanted to invest in more of like a service economy than like a you know uh, like manufacturing economy. It's like these people all lost their jobs and they were getting prescribed uh, like, uh, you know, Percocets. And then they made Percocets illegal. So they started moving to heroin and stuff. And it's like that. So they were left without jobs and with like pain addictions. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it, yeah. it's terrible what they did to these people, you know? Yeah, no, 100 percent. And, we're, ne what, and uh, we're never going to do anything about it either, you know? Like No, yeah, it's it's because we call it flyover states and stuff like that and, like, kind of blame people for living there. And it's like, that's that's not cool, man. Yeah, not to mention, like, cool. like, Nixon and Reagan both declared drug crises over, like, marijuana. Like, like th this is the worst it's been, right? I I'm pretty sure in terms of death right. rate, like, the crack epidemic never reached the death rate. I'm pretty sure that, like... Uh, in the United States right now, like, fentanyl overdose is the greatest cause of death for, like, 18 to 40-year-old men. I don't think Absolutely. any previous drug situation ever got this bad, but, you know, before, it's like, yeah, we'll commit 80 trillion fucking dollars to cracking down on this, and now it's like, uh, 
oh, I don't know, you know, maybe Biden will mention it like once or twice during, right. but you know, it's right. not happening in New York. You know, it's not, ha well, it, of course it is it's happening everywhere, but like disproportionately some, it's happening right, I, I, quiet areas. Right. I, I got some tea on uh war on drugs, but to tell you the truth, Flash, right now you're uh, I don't know if it's my side or your side, but the mic for some reason is uh, it's making you sound like a robot. Is that doing it on my end? Is that true? I'm I'm streaming right now, so my I my 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 internet should be fine. Here, let me just rejoin the call one sec. That All right. Try try talking. Hello, hello. Okay, I'm I'm gonna leave the call and come back if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, give me a call. Hello? All right. Uh, it's still doing it. I just live with it. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. I'm sorry about that. Um, I I feel like it might be you. You could try restarting Discord. I don't know how much like trouble you think it's worth. Let me try restarting my Wi-Fi real quick. Gotcha. Godspeed. I don't know if that entails him getting up and leaving or if. I, or if or I'm wondering if you can uh -huh. hear me now. I just I just pressed the button on and off. I can hear you. Okay, it's, it's still doing robot voice, but that's that's okay. It, it Hopefully, happens. it fixes soon. Yeah, it'll fix. Uh, I was gonna say, right? It's it's funny. My uh, my neighborhood is actually uh, the reason for the opioid epidemic in. Uh, you did this. Uh, the New England. Uh, you asshole. Dorchester. Dorchester. What my the fuck? Is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I'll tell you the story. Right? Is like there's this kid. Uh, his name Johnny Willis, like 15-year-old, 16-year-old Italian kid from uh, Dorchester, right? Irish, uh, Italian. Oh, oh, Irish and, and uh, Italian. Oh, we're really getting yep. the, the quality. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, so here's the crazy part about that is, like, he ends up homeless. He starts hanging out with, like, some, uh, you know, like, Chinese guys. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they're part of, like, the bigger uh, triads they had going on because, like, ping on. There was part of uh, 14K was, like, the big thing over there at the time in, like, the 80s, 90s, whatever you want to call it. Gotcha. Taking your and word for it. Johnny starts, like, climbing up the ranks, right? In, uh, what is it, like, through the Chinese mafia? But where he starts fucking up is he starts uh, trafficking drugs, even though uh, the triad didn't want to do that. But he was the one who brought, like, the uh, Oxycontin up from Florida up to New England. He started it all. And that's how that's how they got him was because uh, they were monitoring his phone calls. And that's kind of a big operation to be doing, you know, a little bigger than like some street gang wars. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, kind of kicks the consequences were uh, were never the same afterwards, right. I got to say. Um, Jesus. I mean, like, it's, e even if that's the case, you know, like in a strictly cause and effect sort of way, I can never hold it to people like that too much, even if what they, even if no. bad things happen, because it's like none of this shit would even be a real problem if like our systems worked properly, right? Like in a good country, like you couldn't have these giant drug epidemics, even if some right. good shit suddenly was released on the market. Like that shouldn't even be able to happen. Right. I mean, I'll tell you, man. It's like it seems like a lot of the uh, treatment for uh, as as someone who's like I'm I'm in recovery myself, uh, not from opioids, but. Uh, you know, from like uh, Xanax, Adderall, uh, alcohol, stuff like that. And it's like uh, the the treatment seems to be so focused uh, on like how well you're going to function in society. Yeah. In society. But uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. Thank you. But that 
that's like the main uh, focus, it seems like, is how well you're going to function in like society by society's rules. And it's like that's not necessarily what a lot of these people need, because like so many of these guys who are like opioid addicts um, are these kids who like they they work construction and they've been doing it for like 20 years since they got like. Uh, a lot of pain and stuff like that. Oh, nice. When somebody rated my note fine on Bloodborne. Oh, but nice. uh, they, they got a lot of pain and stuff like that. And so it's like if they're not going to give them like the Percocets, then what are they going to, you know, what are they going to take? And it's like, uh, you know, it's it's completely capitalism's fault, in my opinion, because uh, like people, people use these drugs to like function better because um, it's so hard to get treatment for your mental health and stuff like that. And then it's like, you know these and and your pain and stuff like that and so it's like that that's that's completely what's to blame and uh you know it's like you're you're right like we, we wouldn't even with guys like Barkway johnny you know we wouldn't have uh, an opioid epidemic without like this kind of system in place you know yeah it feels like often when it comes to rehabilitation with stuff like this it's like it'd be it'd be like if a kid was so depressed that they couldn't get out of bed and they had to go to school and, like, you're a parent, you're like, okay, so what can I do to fix this problem? And your solution is to, like, like f dust cocaine in their nose to give them energy. And then, like, right. uh, yeah, and then, and then like, uh, f like, like, fucking jab them with a vial of, of venom and tell them the antidote is in, like, their homeroom desk pocket or something. It's like... I mean, they, they, they you, prescribe them with fucking Adderall, you man. Get That's, them. like, almost as bad as cocaine, you know? Hey, don't talk, hey, don't talk shit to Adderall, okay? I'm, like, a, I'm a, a functional <laughs> meth head now. Um, the, uh, for, for real though, like, you know, a lot of these people, you know, with the, with the addictions they're suffering from or whatever, like they don't need to get a job. They need to be able to be in a state where they don't need help to get a job. You know, like it, it, it's right. like, a like they, if, if just getting the job was all they needed, then they wouldn't be, they wouldn't need rehabilitation to get a job to begin with. Like at that point, the government's not doing rehab. It's just doing like, uh job seeking it's 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 doing one of those awful like uh you know like show up here and we'll get you a temp job for six dollars an hour you know right exactly may or may not be under the I mean, table some of the some of the recovery programs i've seen here man it's like they all uh they're just kind of money sinks for a lot of these people you know and then it's like i know a lot of these people who are afraid to like go into uh to get sober because they think you got to spend all this money on rehab because that's the way they've like uh, taught you how to do it but it's like i i didn't even go to rehab when i got sober i just uh there's like free programs out there and i i wish the same could be said for a lot of other uh health issues in this country other than alcoholism because there's like free programs you can do for uh stuff like addiction but not the same for things like eating disorders or uh which i'd argue eating disorders are like uh much more dangerous than addiction you know those kill way more people they often literally are yeah like like directly you know i mean yeah obviously it varies and there's a huge range but i guess i mean at the end of the day the issue is that the public thinks of drug addicts as basically like subhuman like that's the right. kind of the root of the issue so you know you can put as much money as you want into these programs but look like recently the Biden administration wh what was it like as part of a uh, part of like some social spending like some money to clean needles or whatever if you think about it for like eight nanoseconds, 
The idea of providing clean needles and glassware and whatever else to drug addicts is a stupidly good idea. Like, obviously. Like, yeah. They're going to get their fix either way. You're not going to stop them. The government has spent billions trying, and they're not going to. Like, why not? Like, it, you, like lure them in, you know? Hey, uh, junkie, you can have some free clean needles, and also here's some towels and a shower, and also, like, here's some nice food, and also, wow, hey, isn't this nice? Like, can we talk for a second? Like, and if they right. don't, if they don't stay, like, fuck it, they'll be back next week. But people hate drug users, like, essentially. So, you know, you, right. you, you, it's, it's like, well, we're, like, paying for their drug addiction. It's like, well, that doesn't, it doesn't fucking work that way. Nothing works that no. way. Sorry. No, you don't fix anything by doing that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's like, because uh, I'll tell you, like, from personal experience, too, it's like a lot of us are, like, a lot of us are, like, under the radar with our addiction and stuff. Uh, nope. When, when I, when I first got sober, people were like, you, you got a problem, you know, because, the way they expect all the addicts to be right is these people who are like, uh, you know, like you see crowding outside of the methadone clinic and like just doing all that. And it's like, that's not the case for everybody. There's like functional addicts out there, functional as much as you can say functional, you know, and it's like they uh, they, they need treatment, too. And it's like that's, you know, that's that's like the whole uh, problem we get into is that people are just so stigmatized about addiction that it's like they can't uh I, I i'm sorry I'm, I'm having trouble wording what i'm saying but you you get what i'm saying i right? think we all get what you're saying and i don't think you're having trouble either you know i actually did research on this for my baccalaureate thesis when i graduated from university not on uh drug rehab but on um prison vocational programs because i think there's yeah. a there's some congruity there one thing that's good about prison vocational programs is that they don't get you a job um, sometimes they can lead to one in a kind of apprenticeship sense, but for the most part, it's just about building the skills that will make you a good worker. Now, on its own, that can be kind of shitty because it's like, oh, here, watch like 400,000 Amazon modules about like the importance of keeping a good smile on your face while packing boxes. But oftentimes right. it's like woodworking shops or whatever. And giving a woodworking shop to prisoners, like a lot of people in the face of it, like, oh, what, they get saws and drills and stuff. But like, no, you know, it's not it's not 24. None, no crazy shit's going to happen. Right. It, instead, it's like, I don't know. A, a lot of people in prison, like, I don't want to patronize or whatever because I come from a pretty privileged background, but it feels like a lot of underprivileged people, especially in a class sense, have no personal experience with the sublime joy of creation because the tools to yeah. do so were denied to them and then you if they get into that no matter what age they are like whatever they did to get in jail like if they get into that like i think it can be fulfilling in an almost spiritual way and it doesn't just make them like more eligible for work in the future though that's nice too i think it just makes them happier and healthier and the research shows that so you know no, you're you're right to say that, man. And like, as as controversial as it is, it's like, yeah, dude. Like, you know, I I did time, and it's like I wasn't behind the wall or nothing, but I I did like my little county stints, and uh, you know, it's like the the way they uh, the way that it happens is it's like all these uh, you you don't the reason people end up in places like prison is because they don't have a lot of like stuff to go back to when they're getting out of prison. You know, because it's like a lot of people like I, by the time I was 19, right, I knew how to like uh, find that the houses that like people were uh, staying out of during summer vacation or winter vacation. And so I'd uh, grab all the copper from there and like take it down to A Street. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, full and on uh, 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 copper farming. That is some that is some authentic copper farming. Looting. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, like I I did Corpa Farm and I did like the freaking uh what is it? Uh like I'd, I'd I'd get like the freaking yellow vest and like pull into the public works place with like a stolen U-Haul and just like fill up the salt buckets and sell those to people. It's like it's too it's way too easy to just like keep like living that kind of lifestyle. And, they, and man, they call them correctional facilities that they, they, they like uncorrected me at them damn places. I swear well, yeah, to God, I you're surrounded out, like more fucked up. You're surrounded <laughs> by other people who have also had oftentimes nothing in their lives, but, but like crime, like what the fuck, like everyone just wants another path, right? If, if the only path a person perceives in front of them is like copper looting or whatever, like, well, yeah, they're going to do that shit. What are they going to do? Just die? Right. Like let themselves die. I, I, Prison, like jail for me, man, was like it was a freaking uh, business. It was a business trip. It was a networking conference. I got to network and meet all some other people, expand the business. You know, that's that's that ain't right. It's supposed to be correcting it. I, I come out of there with like freaking, yeah, I'll call you when you get out, you know? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, a joint business venture. Look, we're picking up job yeah. skills. Okay, so all right, we're going to hit these right. houses. I come, out th I come out there and do more crime. It's like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I'd, I'd heard similar experiences when I was talking with the people at the correctional facility that I was going to to do my research. Um, yeah, and um, we, we actually had a former, uh, a former um, uh, uh, inmate in, in, in the criminology class that I was tied to for that project. Um, he was this really, really, really fucking big guy, really nice guy, and. Right. Um, and and he was actually, if I recall correctly, and I'm sort of ble I might be bleeding my memories together a little bit because I don't have the best memory. But if I recall correctly, he was a beneficiary of a brief, underfunded, but still very helpful vocational program during some of his time there, and um, it was what got him into woodworking, which is why I use that example. And it like massively changed his life. So, but you, right. you have to not think that they're subhuman, like like prisoners and, and junkies or whatever before any of that shit can happen, right? So Well, you know you know what it really is though, Vosh? You know the reason why that they're, they're not like we can see all this stuff but they're not gonna change that is that uh like I mean you you probably know as best as me that like prison is like modern day uh, slavery in a sense. You know what I mean? Oh well it I really don't want to get controversial in here, but uh yeah I agree. That's that's why they're keeping everybody in uh you know that's that's why they want they're not like uh changing all this stuff about drugs and all that other stuff it's it's because they want more people in there like victoria like i've I've seen like victoria's secret and sears boxes my buddies would tell me that they've seen like boxes for victoria's secret and sears that they were working on you know doing doing unpaid practically unpaid labor you know what i mean i wouldn't call like uh you know, freaking nine cents uh, payment exactly. You know. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I, I, I mean, it, it, you you can frame slavery, I guess, in this way, in a sort of relativistic sense. You know, because there have been different forms of slavery over history that are better or worse. The point is that what they're doing right now with prison is legally the closest thing that they can get away with. They are, they have. It's coded into the constitution: no slavery except as punishment. Um, and they are, they, they make the most they can of it as a, like, like cl it clearly the fact that they're so dedicated to keeping this blight of a, of a economic system around, like it, they're, right. it, it, yeah, that has to be it. Like, otherwise they wouldn't care, you know, it would be, it would be meaningless. Um, 
absolutely ridiculous. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure the profit margins, like the total amount of like labor value contributed basically for free by prisoners is relatively minimal too. like compared to the broader U.S. economy and our prison population. It's it's not even that much. It just feels like a deliberate insult. Like it almost feels like the oligarchs like looking down on us and going like, ha, just to let you know, like we can keep slavery around even if it barely benefits us. Just right. like just so you know that we can do this like it's it's so fucked up you know and it's it's just an easy solution to things like crime you know that were things that were caused by like uh systemic racism and capitalism you know that's that's the cause of crime and then it's like they have uh you know the uh oh sorry i'm getting attacked by a wolf beast and bloodborne they have like uh <laughs> You know, it's just the, it's just such an easy solution for them to just kind of throw them all in jail. And and the way I see it, man, is I talk about this point a lot when I'm talking about, uh, you know, proximity crime in black neighborhoods as well. It's like you're you're setting these people's houses on fire and then like blaming them because the houses weren't like up to code with the fire yep. marshal. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you can't be doing that but that's what they've been doing for years is they just like create problems and then tell people like well you didn't solve them so that's your own fault you know yeah no i i, I completely agree it's just yeah I, I don't know a lot of it is like a desire to maintain a punitive system a lot of it just feels like spite i i, I mean i'm a sh i'm sure there's some kind of look i don't know all right hey at least sometimes it, it it gives it gives us an opportunity to sound cool okay when like when uh um Zelensky in ukraine um, when he like unleashed a bunch of prisoners w and gave them guns and was like, all right, go, go get at him or whatever. Okay. It felt like very much a dystopian penal colony moment. You know, it's funny until right. you realize that we did the same shit in California when we sent like, um, uh, 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 uh prisoners to go do firefighting. Um, right. the California firefighters, they got paid like nothing to go risk their lives, um, saving right. squirrels and shit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's like that's uh yeah, that's the saddest thing about it and it's uh it it kind of it kind of gets on my nerves cuz I've seen a lot of people right who uh like like there's there's a lot of inmates I know, like former inmates I mean. Uh, I don't know any inmates currently, but they uh you know, they they get out all this stuff and it's like some guys I know have been doing like 20 years have been able to like turn their life around. And 20 years is a long time to be uh doing it you know that is they're, a they're very able... long time to be doing it yeah, yeah. that's what you meet when you're in uh, recovery because these guys they come out and they do the uh you know they get into the programs and stuff like that and then because they because they want to fix their life around and yet like we, we don't give them the opportunity to do that of it you know how do you feel about um changing the law so that um uh, uh, it's, it's only, like, class one felonies that have to be listed, uh, in a job application legally. Like, like, legally, it, it, you, you make it so that you no longer have to list or can no longer be asked for anything except for, like, you know, murder or, like, tier, like, high tier shit like that. Okay, so here's my, here's my actually controversial, I, I, I do kind of agree, except I can understand a company not wanting somebody there with a history of, like, stealing, you know what I mean? Like, shoplifting. I can understand that. I, I get why they would want it. It's it seems like a like a a, a least harm type situation. Yeah. Because like in, um I get why. In terms of like nonviolent oh, like marijuana possession, no, fuck that. You know. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I'm pretty sure like even America right now, like I'm pretty sure like 
they ask you even if you've ever done marijuana when you buy a gun or whatever. Like, there's so much... It's still coded oh, yeah. into um, so much of our legal I structure. Some, I got some controversial opinions on guns, baby, that a lot of liberals hate. <laughs> oh, if if we're uh, if if it's pro gun shit, then it might be controversial, but it's not controversy my community is unused to because I'm pretty fucking pro gun myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gun control. Gun control is fucking racist, man. That's the way I see it. Because like, even going back to like before uh, Reagan did that whole uh, Black Panther Party. Stuff. Oops. Yeah. Oops. It, all gun control. In the, yeah. In the 30s. In the 30s, it was racist. You know, it's like it's always been a race thing, and then now like these liberals are parading it around as if it's like, you know, stopping like gun violence in this country. They they just controlling who gets the guns. Like, think about it, man. When you base your uh, qualifications for owning a firearm on like a background check, who do you think is more likely in this country systemically to have like a record pull up? Who do you think is more likely to have a record? How many times are we going to see like these school shootings go on where these, these, they're like, oh, he just seemed like a totally fine guy, didn't have any prior history. It's because he was fucking white, man. I mean, he was fucking white. The, the, thing, the thing for me is this seems like a lot like the drug issue, you know? It's like, um, we have a problem with drugs in this country. I also think people should have a right to do whatever they want with drugs, you know? Um, I'm right. libertarian in that respect. I feel the same way about guns. We have a gun problem in this country. I think people should be able to own them. But we do have a gun problem in this country. And I feel like a lot of the... the like, the issue we have is that so many of the, um, the laws we have in the books are this, like, liberal, like, means-tested fantasy of fixing all gun problems by, you know, having an 18-page checkbox, like, list that people have to fill out to prove that they've never done anything bad in their life, and only if they get that, six months later, they get their gun. And it's like, motherfucker, no, that's not yeah. how any of this shit works. If people want to get guns, they can. But, like, these policies are detached from reality. I remember back when I was uh, younger and less aware of my station in life, uh, white boy working at a frozen yogurt joint in Beverly Hills. There was a, a black guy I worked with from East LA I was talking with because we were buddies and he talked about how right. he had an unlicensed firearm which he dropped kind of casually. Didn't feel casual to me. My liberal sensibilities were offended. You know, I didn't freak well, out like, at him. Oh God! Like, oh, why oh, would you do that? You know, the fucker <laughs> lives no in East LA. Like, oh yeah, like, right. like, I'm, like I'm ever going to give someone who has to live in East LA shit for getting a gun like under any means necessary right. jesus christ that, yeah that's where that's where i feel like some people living in a fantasy world because even if you look at stuff like kyle rittenhouse you know what i mean it's like they, they got these motherfuckers they're, they're causing all the violence and it's like so yeah people gotta have a way to defend themselves there's been a 33 percent rise in hate groups uh that happened uh when obama was president there was a 33 percent rise in uh white supremacist uh groups that's, yeah, of course people need fucking guns. They got to protect themselves. For me, the big thing was during BLM, you know, you had all of these um, like Patriot Prayer white nationalist groups like dumb fucks yep. from the suburbs with their pickup trucks rolling through with a bunch of dudes with rifles in the back. And like if society ever collapses, I mean, really goes to shit. Those guys are the first ones who are going to be rolling into every non-white neighborhood in the fucking country. So like right. the, I, I feel like if you give even a single shit about like managing to survive any social instability, you should look at situations like that and go, okay, all right, may you know maybe there are issues with guns, but holy shit, we need like like queer neighborhoods, like POC neighborhoods or whatever. Like families should have guns, you know. 
And there are issues right. with like gangs or whatever having guns, but they're gonna get guns either way. You can't stop them from getting guns. Gangs aren't getting America. guns legally, man. Gangs are not getting guns legally. That's that's where it that's where it gets on my nerves. It's like they think that they'll list off like gang violence and stuff like that. It's like how many like of these gang members do you see like going to get a gun legally? I sure as hell will <laughs> yeah, tell you my, that if I my yes, if my I my local the 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 local uh uh Crips and Bloods uh you know like a, a weekly call session right. where they call each other and make sure they're not going to the same gun stores that they're going to legally purchase firearms from, you know? Right. Keep their serial uh, numbers I mean, I'll, like logged. I'll yeah. tell you man. I'll tell you man like I I, I if I've ever owned a firearm, and I won't say if I have, it, it ain't no, nobody's ever known about it for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't even I didn't even hear what works. you just said right there. I don't even know what words no, just you, came out of your mouth. You didn't, but it's like no. if 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 I've ever owned a firearm, nobody's ever known about it. And it's like when people are going out doing crime, they're not going to buy like a legal firearm with a serial number where you can track it. You know what I mean? That's that's a fantasy world. Yeah. It's the same with the pro. We made this mistake with the prohibition. I don't know why we can't like get ahead around like why it doesn't work. Yeah, to it's prohibit things. And if you wanted to get rid of all guns, like say for example, if there were uh, liberals in chat who were liberally libbing their positions on guns liberally in my community, hypothetically yep. soaked on left, living their best, living their best, living life. their best life. Thank you. Um, hypothetically, if there were such people. They would understand that given the massive proliferation of firearms in this country, along with the fact that the vast majority of firearm deaths in this country come from either suicide, which means that the, there's a transplaceability with the cause of death, or gang violence, which means that they aren't going to get their guns legally anyway, the best thing that you could do is not punish legal firearm owners and instead fixate on the sociological policies that would address those kinds of crime. So, for example, the drug war, which all available sociological analysis has shown that if we were to end the drug war and use the money we spend in policing to restore those communities, we would fix the economic problems that drive people into gangs and thus gangs into fighting one another with guns. So, you know, it's hypothetically, uh, there's, there's, there's often a way around these problems. Like, you know, it's it, like trying, trying to fix the gun problem by like taking away everyone's guns is as dumb as trying to fix the drug problem by like trying to take away all the drugs. There are always underlying issues to fixate on. Right. Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 just kind of uh, it's not gonna. The the way I see it is like there's there's like the idealist way of looking at things, and then there's like the realist way of looking at things. I, and it, I, I feel the same way about the Biden's uh, embargo on uh, the gas prices in Russia. Is it's like you sure you can we can imagine like a world without guns and stuff like that, a world where there's no violence. That that that's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? There's gonna be violence. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Imagine that's gonna happen. John Lennon's Imagine, you know? Oh, we just, oh, every fuck. gun owner needs to play it. Um, yeah, I fucking hate the Beatles. <laughs> wait, why? That's the that's the most controversial thing you've said thus far, I think. It, it, it's just the most, like, boomer freaking band ever, and it's like, they're, they're so overrated. Like, all these guys did. I don't think people realize that they were just, like, One Direction at... at like back in the day, you know what I mean? They were just like One Direction. All these guys did was straight up write like some like pretty well written pop songs, and then go to India, right? Like colonized India, and then like freaking put a sitar in their music, and they're like, wow, they were so progressive. They're about as progressive as One Direction is now. Harry Styles and Paul McCartney, you guys are the exact same people. Oh, hold on. Okay, at least. At least Harry Styles doesn't look like Paul McCartney, okay? At least we yeah, don't have that gangle-toothed, bull-cut British aesthetic from the 1960s. At least Harry Styles yeah, has true. some. Yeah, 
So, so we have we have that. I got I got beef with Harry Styles too, man. Because man, like the, the first person to wear a dress that like that was Young Thug, and Young Thug did a much better job wearing a dress than Harry Styles did. That I've thing was that. like frumpy Hold looking. Hold on, Young Thug. Oh yeah, Young Thug dress is the first thing that pops up. Damn, Look up he looks Jeff good. Look at that. Look at that. That's like a nice dress. Damn. Wait, hold on. Let me Yeah, hold on. Let me put that on. Wow. I don't know if I've seen that one. That is a that is a good look. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Sheesh. Wait, hold on. Let me. I don't like I don't think it's Harry Styles' fault that the media is going to fixate on him like he's the first person doing this because this, this shit always happens whenever white people do something like every like in every right. medium, you know, but like it broadly it's definitely something to pay like to to care about right like wh when was this from the young thug when was this uh... that was in like uh what is it like years ago like i think in 2015 i'm i'm trying to think that was that was like a year after i got out so that would have been like 2015 yeah that is a no 2016 is it it's yeah. it's kind of funny because i think um i feel like they really i feel like they really look like a fromsoft character like this, yeah, like the yeah. massive hat and like the ridiculously frilly dress just feels like, uh, like, like From the vibes are there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, man. But it, I do blame Harry Styles because if, if you know, you're going to get like a lot of controversy by wearing a dress like that, could, could you wear a dress that looks nice? You know what I mean? <laughs> could you not make it look like a goddamn like six year old who wants to look like, who wants to be cool like his sister. So he puts on a dress and goes, Look at me. Look at me, sis. I, I'm just like you. Like, come on, man. Put I will on, say, put on a nice... what, what's that meme? It's like uh, Harry Styles is fighting gender norms and he's losing. Um, yeah. the, <laughs> the, uh, I think the first dress that I saw him in, this one I think looks nice, but there are some ones that I've seen that don't. Let me get... I'm not even watching the stream. Hold on. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. There are... Let he, me get I, on the stream. He, he's done a lot. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll wait. He's got a lot of outfits here, and some of these are... Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to showing these off. Vosh Live. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm an old man when it comes to this stuff. Uh, uh, I, I believe in you. I think you're on your I, way, probably. I Google it. I Googled it. I, look, I Googled Vosh Live, and I found it. All right. Oh, it's on YouTube. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. See, that's kind of nice, the one you're showing right yeah. now. Okay, that's good, okay? But then we have a couple ones here that I'm just not feeling. You know, this feels to me like fighting and losing against gender norms a little bit. Uh, I'm not, I, it's just not my taste. Um, yeah. I like this one because it's really dumb and it's just so stupid that I kind of respect it a little bit. Right. Uh, that, that to me kind of gives off like perfume genius kind of vibes, you know what I mean? Yeah, they I look also a little bit like a From Software character uh this i hate yeah uh i hate this I, I, i'm actually kind of liking it it looks like uh what is okay now that i hate that i hate what what the what the fuck the is alice that? in wonderland shit yeah okay no no no. i like the big poof the the this one the the one with the hat the top hat yeah with the uh, hat yeah that looks like some like uh miyazaki character or something you know yeah like, uh, yeah exactly in a way like he would twist around and the and the coat would like spin and there would and then he would like he, teleport or something Become a bird or something, you yeah, know. Yeah, but yeah. this is this just looks like uh I don't know. You know you know what that looks like is like some like the Dorothy one? It looks like some sitcom where it's like this guy's uh he like breaks up 
like some crime show where he like breaks out of prison and he's trying to like stay uh, under the wraps and he somehow ends up in like a film studio and yeah. then, like the actress Dorothy. <laughs> ah, I our stunt double. Yes, here, let's get you into yeah. costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like, hey, our stunt double's gone. You wanna fill in for us, buddy? He's like, uh sure. And then he ends up in like freaking uh you know, being Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I think they I, had a stunt double in that movie. I well they uh, need it. They well they dropped a, a real house on somebody, so they needed to the uh they, they needed to find an ethnic um for, for that fill in. For the Wicked that's Witch. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that's then I, true. I like, I like this one. I, I think this one's cute. I don't know. Maybe it's because what the photo, got? it looks like it was taken with a camera from the 80s. So it just, I don't know. It feels like an it's alt a, universe. It's a little bit delayed for me, FYI. So I'll see it in a second. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, no, that is kind of cool. That looks like maybe like a Wes Anderson protagonist. Yes, yes, yes. You ever, you ever see that movie, The French Dispatch? No, no. I, wa I watched it with my mother. That's his new one. And I, I didn't really like his movies, but that, that one was good. That one was good. Yeah, I feel like this this should be like a... You know how people do like steampunk or diesel punk aesthetic for like their retros? You know, I feel like um, 1980s aesthetic, but gender norms are shattered. So everyone's just like as progressive as we might be in 50 years. You know, I feel like that right. could be, there could be a good vibe there. You know, that could be like a neat vibe. Um, right. also, cause like one of the characters would be like a six foot three, like trans girl in like eighties, like neon yoga fat, uh, like the, the right. dance yoga shit, you know? And I know they would be like the most popular character of like any TV show that year. And I just, I just, I don't know. I feel like that would be like a, a, a just a banger idea. Well, they did that with black mirror. I know, but, but yeah, I remember, uh, like I, I, they did the same thing in the eighties too. They were doing this, your, your exact same idea. Like uh, I remember watching wishbone when I was a kid and they had, uh, you know, it's like the little dog that goes around into like the storybooks and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh yeah, he's doing storybooks or whatever. He's a dog. Um, the guy, uh, what is it? So they're doing like the princess and the pauper. Yeah. And this, uh, they had like a black knight and an Asian knight and a white knight, like shooting an arrow. And I'm like, me as a six-year-old, I was like, how the fuck does that work? Didn't they, weren't they like slaves back then or something? <laughs> they, they weren't getting along like that. It's very socially conscious of you at that age to to, oh, man. to, to try to look for those uh, inaccuracies. My, my mother was like the third wave of feminism before the third wave of feminism even existed. Like uh -huh. she, for, for when I was six years old, right, uh, for, I, no, I had to be five at this time. It was, no, I was six, first grade, right? We're doing uh, our report on the Native Americans and uh, the pilgrims. Yeah. And they wanted us to write a paragraph about Thanksgiving, about what happened on Thanksgiving. And my mom has me write a paragraph about how they poisoned the blankets of the Native people and they all died. And then they took their land. And my teacher at the time was like, what, what, what the fuck? Why would you have them write this? And she said, I, I, ain't, I ain't telling them the lie. I ain't telling him the fucking lie. <laughs> Pretty fucking based. And personally, I think it's way less grim to, like, address what happened than the corny-ass shit we've done in the past, like, 200 years where we're just, like, cheekily smiling over it. Like, ah, oh, yeah, we got along. We had Thanksgiving together, you know? Um, right. Really sick shit when you, when, you, when you look back at the history books, too. Some of the shit that they said. Um... 
I mean, you get that all the time with racists or whatever. But like, some sometimes you would you would you can you can read these like journals from like you know colonists or whatever, where they're like, "Hey, we just had like a sick interaction with the Native Americans. They were like super cool, and they taught us something, and they also like told us about this river over there." Um, so anyway, the 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 plans to uh, light their village on fire in the middle of the night are going through uh, next evening. Right? You know? Yeah, it's, it's like fuck. Jesus Christ! Like, the, there's just the casual sociopathy. Sometimes is so disarming. It, like, they, in a, like they in have a no freakish. Chill, man. They yeah. Had no chill. No chill back then. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. Boston was actually a pretty racist uh, city as well, because uh, pe people like to talk a lot about Irish slaves, right? You've probably heard of that, like uh, talking point from white supremacists. Yeah, I've heard the uh, know, I've heard the rumors. You know what the Irish slaves were? Was actually they would pay. Um, they would basically have Irish people work as like headhunters for uh, Native Americans and Indigenous people, and that's uh, that's that's what they were doing. And it's like Boston had like literally, uh, you can see documents in the in the state house. Well, they they were in the state house. I don't know where they are now, but they were talking about uh, going and headhunting people. And people will look at it and think it's like some liberal city, and like we've never had those problems here. But it's like that. It is a huge history of. Um, indigenous people here who were like completely uh you know just pushed out of the land and like massacred and stuff like that that i don't think a lot of people really think of when they think of a big city you know yeah um it's well i mean we've kind of like painted over that even though it's like so in the recent past you know like Right. People right now, for example, when talking about Russia's invasion of Ukraine, people are talking about like um, how, you know, back in like uh, 1914, like before the Soviet Union or whatever, like history of Ukraine going back at least 100 years. You know, if you go back 100 years in America, like the, the process of bulldozing over native land in order to construct cities like armed conflicts like that was still going on. And it's still going on today, albeit mostly in a legal form, you know. But people people will cite, like, the Ukrainian Empire or whatever. You know, friend, go back just a little bit on the West Coast. I uh, went to university in Humboldt, and I am ashamed to say I don't remember the name of the tribe, but uh, the tribe whose land we stole to do Honestly, all that all, stuff. Honestly, with all the weed in Humboldt, I don't, I, I don't blame you for not remembering anything. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a foggy time of my life. Thank you for being for forgiving. You know, it was, it's, it's, it's tough to keep Didn't, it together. Don't they call like the Humboldt State University like the slugs? The banana slugs is like the mascot. Um, I don't know if it's the mascot, but there are banana slugs all over the place up there. There's a hiking trail yeah. that runs through the campus, and there are slugs that can get as wide as the palm of your hand uh, that are just chilling. Oh, wow. They're like bright yellow. Yeah, I'm from, uh, my family's from, uh, I have some family from Hawaii. I got like a Japanese grandma, and like they, they got some big bugs over there, like uh, mosquitoes that are like a foot long. You know what I mean? Okay, well, I hate that. The slugs are cute. I hate what you just said. I'm not a fan of what yeah. you just said. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's insane. Yeah, we got like uh, that's that's a yeah, that's a that's an interesting place away. My my grandma was like a freaking uh, she worked on like a plantation uh, for most of her life, like a sugar plantation, and her her mother was like a slave. You know what I mean? So it's weird when people, you know. <laughs> uh, like yeah, I'd, I'd I'd say so. Uh, this stuff ain't uh, this stuff ain't new, you know. Um. Yeah, well, these—I mean, these problems are kind of recursive, and they—and they go on today, right? You know, it's um, we—we nah. we still talk about. It's just funny how selective we are about like which histories we care about. 
People, like, right. will still dork out over, like, Greek or Egyptian or Norse history, even though, like, ancient Egyptian history, that's thousands of years ago, ancient Greek thousands of years ago, Norse about a thousand, you know. And then it's like, right. oh, like, 150 years ago, like, you know, slaughter happened here, we built the land, like, blah, 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 you know, it's like, ah, oh, whatever, you know. I don't know. It's pretty strange, I think. Well, I, I just thought of a spicy opinion. What, what's your thoughts on religion? <laughs> Not a big fan. I understand yeah. this is kind of like a broad, like, tent left advocacy thing, but as a logic lord debate bro type, I am um, very much against, like, any kind of divine command theory. Um, and I don't right. like superstition because it makes it really right. tough to figure out a person's moral principles. Now, you know what I think from a scientific perspective, and this, this, this always trips people out when I see it, I think that all human beings are inherently uh, spiritual. And I don't think that it's like because that necessarily means that a god exists. But I think that there's something in our DNA which kind of draws us to believing in a higher power. Because like if you look at, um, it goes back to like ancient, ancient history, right? All these uh, societies had like different forms of uh, religion and stuff like that. And I would honestly argue even like some uh, atheists nowadays, it's like they still can have that like sort of god gene within them whatever you want to call it um it just can manifest in a different way because if you look at science right it's like kind of people say science is like the antithesis of religion in reality like the ancient egyptians for example had to understand science extremely well to uh do their uh, mummification practices and stuff like that they, they had to have a grasp on science and so when i look at like atheism uh you know, who I guess someone who believes in science is like their worldviews. It's it just seems like the religious beliefs that got everything right. It still is explaining stuff that we don't understand, but it just happened to get more of the answers right. You know? Yeah, I think um, so. There are there are two elements to this that I think might be kind of um, essential to different degrees. So um, obviously, for a long time, religion was a way of explaining the things that we couldn't understand. I think that humans are biologically unique in the sense that we have um, a very strong desire to order the world around us. It seems to be right, our species so you, being... So you agree with me on that then? Good, good. In that respect, yeah. And, well, the easiest explanation, at least early on, is through God, right? Like, why does the lightning crash? You know, well, Absolutely. You know, that's the easy one. And then, you know, obviously, as we come to understand and learn more things, I don't think we've necessarily gotten smarter. You know, the shaman from, like, 20,000 years ago had the same brains that we do. I just think that, exactly. you know, they didn't have the tools to understand these processes the way that we do. So like we do, we use the info we have to construct an understanding of the world around us. And I think that's a fundamentally human and a fundamentally beneficial thing. Um, to an extent, to an extent. To, to, to an extent, there are issues with its application in bad situations. But I think as a whole, you know, if, if we're to take the good and the bad i would rather you know take all of it um and with regards to um our desire for religion and spiritualism in a sort of social way i think emil durkheim wrote on this the idea that religion is not necessarily even a like god oriented thing it's just about finding a way to use public ritual to distinguish between the sacred and the profane by that argument, you could say, like, uh, football is a religion, and I genuinely believe that argument. I think that humans are biologically driven to use social processes to reaffirm and to restate right. that distinction between sacred and profane. 
I absolutely agree. Sorry, what what degree do you have? What degree do you have? You don't mind me asking. Oh, sociology with a minor in communications. That's okay. So that's why you know Emil Durkheim, because yeah, I, I quote him. Uh, I quote his. Uh, um, what is what's it called? Uh, it's collective consciousness theory quite a bit when mm -hmm. I'm talking about this point because it's like if. For example, right, if, if you go to the North Sentinel, have you heard of North Sentinel Island? Yeah, that's where there was, like, that uncontacted tribe, right? Yeah, the, the fucking badasses who, like, uh, like killed the guy who tried to, like, colonize them. Held and, off the, uh, yeah, the entire industrialized world so far. The, 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 right. the main characters of humanity, yes. Right, and, like, they, uh, you know, it's like they, there's a, there's a picture of them from, like, the 90s um, where... This anthropologist went over to give them some fruits, and they were smiling in the picture just like you and me. And, like, how do people do that? How do they smile without having why, – why do they smile the same way without having any contact with, like, other people? It's because we, you know, we evolve in ways that, like, help us uh, do that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, well, we're all a was... lot more alike than anyone wants to acknowledge, right? Like, I, I, it's the same with people in the past. I think a lot of people want to imagine that, like, we humans are so much more enlightened than we used to be. And the systems no. we've built are more complicated, <laughs> that's for sure. But, like, on a fundamental level, like, the brain in your skull is the same as the brain in the skull of some hunter-gatherer 10,000 years ago. If you pulled right. them into the modern world today and took away all the uh, immunities and gut bacteria differences, because that would get them killed, uh, they, they, would be, they would be just like us. They'd go to school, you know, whatever. It, we're all a lot more alike than anyone wants to acknowledge. I relate a lot to uh, Takar in uh, Far Cry Primal. I, th I think he kind of, he speaks my, the Wenja speak my language too, you know? I'm woefully <laughs> ignorant, I'm afraid. You'll have to fill me in. Oh, have you, have, have, have you been a fan of the Far Cry games? No, actually. Um, I have, oh God, it's it's Ubisoft, right? Um, yeah. I, I have you Ubisoft? A, a, a <laughs> fanatical hatred of Ubisoft. Yeah, just a deep-seated, just, uh, just a disgusting hatred, yeah. For, have for a long time. Yep. I, I don't love Ubisoft, but the, I do like just, like, open-world games that I can get, like, stuck in and just uh, keep, like, doing a bunch of menial tasks because my autism brain likes doing that. Mm -hmm. But they got they got one that was... Uh, it's part of the series they got, and it was set in uh, caveman times. And it's uh, woefully uh, inaccurate on a historical sense, which is uh, great, you know, because they had, like, Neanderthals and uh, Homo sapiens uh, walking around together, which doesn't make a lick of sense. But it, it is quite fun, you know? You get to throw spears at, like, the woolly mammoths and stuff, and, like, you know... Yeah, they time. probably weren't prioritizing for the um, uh, for the realism there. Uh, but right. with, yeah, with with regards to that, it's it, 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 it did look fun. I know everyone liked Far Cry 3, you know? I know... Um, I know that the series has had some pretty popular hits. Um, yeah, I, I just never got into it myself much. I do. You, I, they should be... do a dinosaur oh, yeah. one though, like far, like Far Cry dinosaurs. As long as we're pushing the historical anachronisms, right? Like they should take it up just right. that much farther. I want to play as a dinosaur. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I know just, why more just games have like normal. No, you know what I want is like Far Cry three, but just make like everyone as big as dinosaurs, and so then you're like, uh, you can just like. Or make just your characters big as dinosaurs, so you don't even have to like shoot a gun at them. You just like walk, and then you step on some guys, and you're like, "Oh, like complete the mission." I had no idea. Ah, yes, the uh, the plot to Neon Genesis Evangelion. Right. Yeah. 
Right, but with better uh, animation and stuff like that, and he's not uh, jerking off over the lady while she's sleeping, you know, that'd be a good you're idea. A, you're a dinosaur, you can't even. You're, you're denied the ability to do that even. Right. Um, so that no one even I gets any ideas. Right, I can understand the Ubisoft hate, man, because I don't know if you've seen what they've been putting out recently, but they for their uh, Watch Dogs games, they literally used uh, the... Uh, Ellie Vassell quote of uh, first I first they came for the Christians, but I wasn't a Christian, so I didn't do anything to advertise Watch Dogs 3. Oh, I fucking saw that. Oh, my God. When we're dealing with like alt-right rallies and shit, um, they're like for for I wasn't it. What, what was it? Was it first they came for the gamers or some shit? I don't even remember the yeah, first first thing. I don't even remember. Some shit like that. Yeah, that was that was incredibly funny. I live for tone deaf corporations. And, th and then they go and say that the game's not uh, political. Afterwards, yeah, it was they something... say the game's not political. They just you know? they just do like the factory line video game production shit that I don't like. It's not all the games. I know there are good people who work there. I'm not hating on them or anything. It's just the corporate policy seems to be one towards like just mass producing like serialized game titles it's up there with like ea right like but ea right yeah i don't i don't know it's just not my shit it, it's so sad to me man because i feel like uh it's just the ads industry in general man like so much of it recently as we're, we really are in the late stages of capitalism like look at most of the music that gets popular now it gets popular because these like four second uh tiktok trends where people will listen to like four seconds of the song and then it, it becomes like a hit because of that. And it's like it, we, we don't have it like it used to be where people would really like do this stuff for, you know, uh, fulfillment or anything else like that. It's all just like every, every piece of music is made to like make money nowadays, you know, and that's, that's scary to think about because I don't want my kids growing up in that kind of world where it's like they uh, don't feel like they can be creative if it's not productive, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It it sucks because it's one of those like parallel issues where in a in a way like content creation is like this escapist fantasy for a lot of people because hey, speaking as me, if you make it, all of a sudden you get a crazy wild life and a ton of money and you could to do whatever you want. You can wake up whenever you want and hot bitches and yada yada yada, you know. But right. so like everyone fantasizes. Obviously, that's like a, a like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent for which that actually becomes the case, but everyone wants clout either way, even if they don't think they're going to make it as some, like, multi-million dollar YouTube ninja star or whatever. Like, everyone wants the big account, and it does seem like... Like, yeah, I don't... I don't know. Like, what, what do we... What do we even do this for? It seems like when we're... When we're trying to demonstrate our social value in interpersonal relationships in real life, we're okay with quirks, eccentricities, having fewer friends if we care about them more. We're less envious... But everything is monetized and everything is numericized in online formats, which means that there's no right. like there's no qualitative data, right? There's only quantitative data. There, there's no you can't have a Twitter account with 18 followers, but they're your closest friends. It's just the, the number 18, you know, so. Right. Right. Yeah, so, I've, yeah, I've seen some like uh, concern and stuff because uh, People talk a lot about like Paris. I've gotten in trouble online for uh, kind of talking about this because it's uh, th there's I feel like stand culture is like really dangerous for a lot of these like young people uh, when they're like standing these celebrities because if you look at it like look at all these like male uh, YouTubers and TikTokers that end up getting deplatformed because they like do something horrible to women, you know? Yeah. 
and it's like this is uh, this is a this is a product of like we idolize these uh, people a little too much. You know what I mean? We just kind of idolize them. We put them on a pedestal and then wonder why um, there's like so many uh, TikTokers that end up like talking to underage girls. And it's like it's because you gave these guys a platform and thought that they could do no wrong and you didn't hold them accountable. You know? Yeah, and I I think it's also I think it's also kind of one of the reasons you see all this you see this problem so much with the uh, Smash Bros community. I think is because um you you heard about all that right like all the grooming and shit with the with the Smash yeah, yeah. I yeah. think so obviously one of the issues there was um that the Smash community is like very like age diverse. There are like ten year olds that play that shit, and there are forty year olds who play that shit. And, you know, so that's going to be one of the points. But I think another one. Is that like for a lot of the people who make it big, like imagine you're a professional Smash player. You have to play the game a lot to get that good. You probably spent a lot of time playing in high school. I'm just guessing, but you probably didn't have that many friends just working off stereotypes of people who play a fuck ton of video games at a very high level. Like you probably aren't exactly like living it up socially and then you make it big and all of a sudden you have a fucking army of 14 to 16 year olds who are following you on social media calling you the goat they all think you're so funny and so cool your skill is very impressive to them and it's like holy shit this is a social grooming factory we are like right. maximizing grooming outcomes we're streamlining all of like right. society and, building a fortress it, of, of grooming for this jesus right. christ and it, it don't it don't excuse their behavior. I'm gonna say that just so they don't take take it out of context again. But uh, I agree with you. Yeah, and it's like that's um, like that's that's like an issue, especially with like you see uh, the the differences in age in like the entertainment industry, for example. It's like the we value like younger women, um, in the entertainment industry. Like we'd rather have like some younger female stars and actresses and stuff. Uh -huh. And then like with with the I mean, look at like the uh, the what was it? The hype house that was like the one with uh, Tony Lopez. You got like these like sixteen and nineteen year old girls in there with guys who are like twenty one to twenty four. You know yeah, what I mean? no, no, exactly no. Yeah, one hundred percent. These healthy. Like and, and you, they, like, meet at these tourneys, and Nintendo made this worse for the Smash community because they never held any official events, which meant that the fan-made events had no, like, oversight or regulations or any of the stuff that, um, uh, uh, that usually, like, prevents stuff like this from happening. I think, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so fucked. I've, I've often said this, and I feel like this is a problem that nobody wants to, like, tackle at its root, so to speak, but, um... We we have to like we have to just stop liking youth in chicks so much like like full right. stop across the board like everywhere you know because people people gang on the easy shit like oh this person's a pedo groomer whatever like but it's like a lot like a ton of the people who will go after pedos are looking at like barely legal eighteen porn or whatever and it's like all right, right you're just you're just limited by the fucking law like you you're you're only like chastising them because they're above or below the line but like fundamentally these are the same issues here I'm not saying right. that there's anything wrong with finding like some 19 year old actress attractive but we like fetishize the fuck out of it and it leads to a bunch right. of problems you know it absolutely is fetishization and it's like uh that it it comes down to the beauty standard in general i think i, I as a disabled person right i actually kind of hate the current body positivity movement because i don't think it's actually interested in abolishing uh beauty standards or anything like that it's 
just kind of interested in changing up to whatever it feels like for the day. So like, take a look at like, when, whenever you see like somebody who's, uh, you know, like a, uh, like, like so many of the comments I see directed at like women specifically, when they don't like what they're saying is like, always based on like appearance and stuff like that. Like she's fucking old, she's fat, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, this right here is the reason why we're not like going to um, get rid of like, uh, you know, beauty standards and stuff like that in a way that they're harmful is because we still view beauty and our art and especially our perception of beauty, which is like you said, like we really do kind of fetishize like younger women. We still view beauty as like something that's like valuable you know what i mean that has value when it, it really has no value with with Truth women told right like you can women, be a yeah. grungy fucking not i look i like it when people are hot don't get me wrong like i'm panned you know like go go for it everyone but um yeah it's 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 definitely like a very very secondary social value and especially with like um i like i mean it should be like in terms of like how we should yeah. treat it like it it, right. it's, it definitely holds too much power in people's minds for guys like taller guys tend to be like um more respected and shit it's like so stupid and arbitrary just monkey brain shit right and man tell you the truth as a tall guy i never really i'm, I'm like six foot something and I, I never really viewed height as like an issue and i and i, I feel sorry for the guys that do you know it's like <laughs> what's what's the big deal you know yeah, I, I maybe they get like bullied for it or something, and I like yeah. I wouldn't know. I'm six two. Like for me, it's never been an issue. But like, I don't fucking know. I just think that like, eh, it is difficult to tackle this stuff because these values are so deeply ingrained. Um, you're right. right about the body positivity movement because the overwhelming majority of the body positivity movement is literally just like, hey, uh, women, it's okay to look like this too. And then they'll show someone who still looks like an unrealistically hot model, like with perfect skin and a perfect smile and like perfect body proportions, but she's like right. plumped to fat. And they never have a fat face either. Whenever it's a fat model, their face looks like it could go on a skinny person. Their fat distribution never gives them a fat neck or anything. They look right. airbrushed. It's just like their body is fat. And it's like, fuck, like, come on. Well, this isn't like body positivity. It's just like, well, right. now if you're a and model, it's... you get to gain a few pounds. Fuck you. Like, this... right. Jesus. And it's like, they, they don't even say that it's like, it's okay to look like this. They say like, you can be beautiful looking like this. And here's the problem, right? It's like, I'm missing a right eye. So if I pull out my right eye, I got like a little like white iris. You know what I mean? That's not, like, beautiful. It looks fucking weird. I look like a zombie. I think it looks cool. I like the way I look. Don't get me wrong. I, used I think to, like, it sounds pull it cool. Off and, yeah, I used to pull it off. And, uh, let, let me send you, uh, can I send you, like, a picture of it? I'm gonna yeah, take a fuck picture yeah, right absolutely. Now. I'm going to take a picture right now with the eye out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just, uh, just tell me when it sends. I'm fucking hyped up now. Yeah, if you want to show the people. Uh, what is it? Um... Hold on, how do I send this? Oh, there we go. You press the attachment. Nice. It's happening. Okay. It just got sent. Alright, hold on. Don't want to fucking die to this guy. Okay, there we go. Sheesh. Yeah, hold on. Hell yeah, brother. Hold on. Great. Great. There we go. Wait. There we you go. See, like, the people right. know. But see, why why does that have to be beautiful? You know what I mean? Why can't why can't I just be ugly? Why can't I just be like I'm ugly? I'm still a good person. I got I, a weird looking eye. That's I okay. think it looks sick you know? personally. That's like my that's my 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 opening adjective. 
for for right. that you know it looks sick why why does the focus always have to why does the body have to be beautiful you know what i mean like that's that's how we get rid of the beauty standard man is stop like i, I don't want to look beautiful i want to have like a freaking like uh I don't know, like a spike coming out of my head or something. You want to look like a, like a, like a God, but like a Greek God, you know, like Hephaestus or something. Like you're just like this giant fucking brick of a guy, like just hideous to look at. And you're just the best guy at making swords. Absolutely. Why don't we make, why don't we make that the new beauty standard look like exactly like the most like, uh, like, like my Bloodborne character where he just looks like the most like grisly fucking like, uh, unapproachable person ever that's that's gonna be the new beauty standard from now on yeah that's the uh that's the dream it's a lot more uh it's a lot more like uh realistic i think too because right. it is way easier to be um grisly looking than to be just flawlessly symmetrical and beautiful right just just go out go out in the sun for a bit go out in the sun for a bit and then just like mess up your skin and stuff like that you know yeah you know just grind your I face like, into the pavement get, yeah, a couple of times yeah, like mesothelioma, so you gotta get part of your skin removed. That'll, that'll work. And then you, then, you, then you got the look. That takes we'll a start... long time, though. That That's a yeah, that's long true. investment for, for that payoff. But hey, if, if that was the... If we start the body negativity movement, you know what I mean? Like, I bet you, like, that would be on the forefront of everybody's minds. It's like, how can I look like that quicker? Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a body nihilism thing. You know what I mean? Like, um... Like, uh, like the political statement to show how much you don't care. The problem is that invariably all the all the the hip the hip youth, you know, are going to be like jokerifying their face with scar like burn tissue, and it, it, then the yeah. new beauty standard is going to be like how symmetrical your burns are or some shit. It's gonna oh god, it's gonna turn back around. You know, pe am... people people with like banana shaped burns are going to be looking at people with apple shaped burns and thinking, damn, why didn't I? Why didn't I hold that that oven flame? You know, like why didn't I hold my face over it a little more steady? Or well, somebody's gonna have the burn that has like the freaking uh, lightning bolt symbol, and they're gonna be like, "Why did I get this? This look, makes me look like a Nazi." You know? <laughs> oh god! They <laughs> they you, they slammed their tattoo. Is the is the Harry Potter tattoo? It was oh, it was the Gen Z tattoo someone got, and it was the freaking lightning bolts. Jesus Christ! You <laughs> slam your face into like the fucking grills of a burner or something. And it, it comes back out, and it's a lit, it's the first paragraph of Mein Kampf. Yeah, right. it's, it's just like, well, <laughs> fuck. That's, oh, man. that's a statement. The young people, the young people scare me, man, because they, they, you know what? They, uh, I, I've gotten in so much trouble for talking about like mental illness, um, from perspective of like actually like understanding uh, a little bit of psychology, and it's like they really have some like misconceptions about what mental illness actually looks like for a lot of people you know especially with like like and i hate i hate to say the whole like uh, like th there's people out there who think that it's like totally normal that people go like completely undiagnosed with their mental illness and don't seek treatment and the way they act is like we got to kind of coddle like really unhealthy behaviors in our current society and it's like no what we should be normalizing is you know getting people into affordable treatment and stuff like that you know that's what we should be normalizing not like just completely neglecting your mental health because like woo capitalism baby you know yeah i think yeah i i think we we walk a really dangerous line right now where people need more mental health than ever um because we're so disconnected from the elements of our of of our character and of our social lives that are meant to make ourselves feel fulfilled 
like having friends or being in relationships or whatever, like all of that feels like it's falling apart a little bit. So people need this help more than ever. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really worried about people going too far with normalizing and being accepting of mental illnesses and turning right. it into like full-blown defending them, which seems to me like just as bad, but from the reverse perspective, because I know there's discourse about this where it's like, you know, um, like you have uh, schizoaffective disorders or like depression or anxiety or whatever, but it's, it's like an aesthetic. It's like cute yeah. or cool. And listen, if you want it to be cool, live your life if your depression is cool then fucking be cool with it whatever but one thing that it shouldn't be to anyone is an enviable state of affairs it's always something that should be worked on like they right. make the most of it but don't keep it around unnecessarily don't fetishize it you know right and i mean like i see so many people like uh it it gets dangerous when you get into this this, this is what happened with uh eating disorders you know what i mean is like eating disorders are inherently very competitive and uh, because of, like, pro-Anna Tumblr, it's, like, you have, like, it's so easy to get a fucking eating disorder if you're, like, 13 in this country. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, of, like, yeah, how yeah. how much we just kind of call the behavior. I mean, have you seen, like, people saying that we should have, like, a trigger warning for food? And I'm don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I have PTSD myself. You know, I've been, like, assaulted before. But, like, a trigger warning for food, that's not healthy. That's yeah. not healthy. You shouldn't be triggered by food. Yeah, it's not a um, not a sustainable venture. I get like I feel for a lot of them because I know a lot of girls, especially like growing up. Like I I personally know like a few people like their moms. Like any time they would gain one quarter of one ounce, it would be like ah, I see. So you're an obese fat fuck now. I see how it is. You know. Right. So they right. get so they get eating disorders. You know, maybe whatever they get older and like I understand that's difficult, but like man, um. That is very much a, I don't know how to put it, not, not like a you problem, but like it is a problem and, and past a point accommodation starts being enabling and that's not, yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, when, when people talk about harm reduction with like addiction, I'm like, the, like, I, I agree with harm reduction. Don't get me wrong, but there is a certain point where it's like, you got to not like enable your junkie friends and they got to go and get help. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for like, sure. I, I would have taken, like, every single freaking handout that would have made it easier for me to be an addict. But it's, like, if we're not, like, prioritizing, like, getting better and we're just prioritizing, like, building our society around just kind of, like, accepting these problems, you know, then it's, like, we're we're going to – you're just going to see people who don't um, get the help they need, you know, because why why should you if you can just kind of, like, live a really easy life as, like, an addict or whatever, you know? And it's like uh, it's it's good that this mostly stays online because like in the real world, it's like you can't like uh, you you can't you'll lose a job if you like, you know, are like showing up drunk on the job. You know what I mean? But it, there's people who just seem to think that like this, this kind of stuff is like things that we should pity. And it's like, I, of course, it's like nobody can really control getting mental illness, but it's like you, you have to have a certain level of responsibility. Well, it's 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 that the language of accommodation and the language of enabling overlap in a bunch of ways. Um, Absolutely. And, and I do think because it's it, obviously the life of an addict or whatever isn't easy, but I think that when you see the paths laid out before you, that seems like the easiest way forward for a lot of people. Like, being a heroin addict is not easy at all. 
But no. if you're a heroin addict, you have very limited life options in most, most cases. And I think for a lot of them, continuing down that road is easier than the seemingly Herculean task of pulling yourself out of it, which is why I support the Biden admin providing clean needles or whatever else. Because the moment you see right. a pathway, even if it's, you know, tenuous and, and, and narrow and treacherous to a better life, people tend to work for that on their own. And that's where the personal responsibility comes in, you know, because at the end of the day, nobody can pull you into a better life. You, you, you always have to do it yourself. You, you always have to take responsibility for that. It's just, um, you know, whether or not that's something a person feels is even worth their time. Right, exactly. And I mean, uh, you, you said you're autistic as well. Yeah, I've, I've gotten into some trouble talking about uh, autism and stuff because I, I feel like a lot of the, a lot of what I'll see from like disabled creators on uh, the internet is they, they come from this place of having like extreme privilege, right? And so they'll talk about how like you don't need to mask your autism at all. You know, this is like something that society's telling you to do. You don't need to do that. Except like, some people do, man, because some people can't, like, live with their parents for the rest of their life. Some people got to go out and get a job, and I can't be, like, full-blown autismo. This is why I working... don't talk about it. You're totally right. Because, like, I'm I'm, I'm fairly um, uh, uh, functioning, you know? So yeah. I, if I'm like, hey, being autistic didn't hurt me, it helped me get my expensive YouTube job. Like, well, fuck you, right? Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is, especially, and the effort necessary to, like, keep shit together. For me, it's like, I think it's like an introvert thing. It's like at parties, right? Like, being at a party is, like, existential anxiety for me. Like, being around all those people, you know? So... I know to an extent right. this is like an introvert thing, like broadly, but like when I'm just sitting at home talking to people like on stream, fine, you know, autism's great, let's go. But when I'm there, holy shit, I hate that. So at, at, in those right. situations, like I'm thinking like, God damn, okay, well, I, uh, uh, you know, now, you know, now I understand like, well, there are people for whom every social interaction entails this level of, you know, seemingly insurmountable difficulty yeah right and it, and it, it gets on my nerves right because it might be a personal thing right but it's like when i was 19 i was like i was homeless and then i was like working a job and you know do, i worked a ton of different jobs uh i do the social media thing too now so it's a little different and i can just kind of be myself but like back then it was like i had to really like learn how to understand like social cues and stuff like that and i had i had to kind of like put up with like i mean i worked in freaking sewage so i couldn't really have an issue with sensory issues man because that's that's you're gonna get wet you're gonna get covered in dookie you know and it's like and then these people act like uh you know you like autistic people shouldn't have to do that and it's like well i agree like some of us have to and you you can't you can't just talk about disabilities as if like there's nobody in the as as if like every person with a disability has it easy enough to where they can like have their disability accommodated, because that just ain't the case. I mean, I, I got a growth disorder and worked construction for Christ's sake. I wasn't supposed to be doing that, but that's that's not the world we live in, you know. Not yet, at least. Um, right, not yet. I have I have a problem. Um, to be honest with you, I had no idea that I would enjoy talking with you so much. So I have a debate two minutes ago. Oh, um, my bad. Yeah, no, I'll let wait. you go. You know that's not your bad. Um, I would be delighted to have you on again in the future. Yeah, let me know, man. Let me know. Uh, seriously, though, thank you for coming on. 
Um, I don't know how much tech you're finagling with over there, but my 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 chat has been um, consistently delighted by you. So I would I would be oh. very very happy to have you on again in the future. I, I'll definitely come by. I'll, I'll check it out on the replay. Well, you you take care. Well, you get to your debate, and okay? they'll check you out. Can you remind them where you are? Oh yeah, I'm uh, Stixie six one seven on uh, TikTok. Uh, my Instagram's hacked right now, so don't don't go there. I, I stream Bloodborne on YouTube occasionally. Uh, go go check it out, people. Have, have have fun. You have a wonderful night, or um, yeah, night, yeah. Yeah, you too, man. Have a good night. Bye bye. Bye. Right, I had no idea we'd get along so well. Sorry, I was very I was totally unprepared for that. Uh, uh you know, very very unexpected. Um. But still delightful. What a, what a great convo. Yeah. It was so wholesome. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know. I, I feel like that guy right there is a testament to how lived experience can do so much to craft the ability for a person to arrive at good positions in, like a, in a consistent and like morally strong way. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, really, really cool guy. Um, not to belabor the point. Um... Everything he said made me more interested in him. Yeah, he he had that effect. He kept dropping bombs in us. He's 25 years old. He's like, I'm uh, missing an eye. I fucked out all these women. Yeah, just stealing copper out of houses. I did construction. It's just like, you know, Jesus, you know. I In my mind, I think of like, oh, the year 2019? What, what video games was I playing? Ah, yes. Hollow Knight. Uh... A lot of Hollow Knight. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Very, very different lives we live. 